Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. I'm just swinging by to see how you're doing. That's all I'm doing. I'm not poking my head into your world to promote my own stuff. Bill Burr in Atlantic City next week. Um, I came by out of the goodness of my heart. Because I care about you and I want to make sure you're living your best life. People, is it me? Not to use a a, a stand-up setup from 30 years ago. Is it me? Or is there a lot of fucking clothing out there that has like life advice on it? Like self-help? You know? Like live fiercely. You know, I was walking by this park today and down on the ground, the bottom of like this little fucking, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a Jersey barrier. Down by the ground where like a homeless guy would pass out. It says love life. First of all, I don't like the fucking tone of that. Love life. It's like, fuck you. You know, who are you to tell me what to do? I mean, that's how fucked up I am. That's how I look at it. I just don't like the, I don't like the tone of it. You could say it a lot more politely. You know? If you have the time, take a moment to try and love life. <laughs> and then you wrote it down there where some homeless guy is going to be, or some homeless vet or something's going to be fucking sleeping. Love life. You're outside. Just how like, I, I just feel like it's, uh, I just feel like it's self-serving. You know, like I just think a fucking egomaniac wrote it, like a narcissist wrote it. Like they have, they have, you know, they got everything all figured out. I know I'm going super negative on this and I don't give a shit. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like what fucking world are you living in? All right, you just, I mean, there's people out there that are like clinically depressed. There's nothing they can fucking do about it. Then you walk around with your dumbass shirt. Love life. You know, I mean, can you imagine that? Just walk around clinically depressed and you got to sit there and make peace with the higher power that why they decided to give you that brain with whatever that leak is in the chemicals that go into your fucking brain. And you got to walk around with these people with their stupid ass fucking t-shirts. You know, like what I love about it is anybody can buy the fucking the shirt. So you don't, you don't have to like prove that you're loving life or prove that you've figured out life, that you now uh, have, have gained some sort of, uh, um, I don't know what, credibility to give people advice, which I do on my podcast all the time. All right, I'm full of shit. It just, it irks me. And I'm actually, you wouldn't know it from this podcast, I really am enjoying my life. Probably for the first time in a long, I don't know, since back when I was a kid and all the bullshit happened, right? I actually, uh, yeah, kind of cut all the cancers out, facing my own fucking ugliness and figuring that shit out, and I'm actually enjoying myself, and I'm working it out, and I don't need you chiming in with your fucking stupid T-shirt. I actually took pictures of this stupid fucking, one of those embrace life, it's just so open-ended. It just, it's just, 
I just, I just, that's what it is. I just think it's, 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 they're not trying to help you. They're advertising that they're at peace. That's what I feel it is. And it's like, no, you're not. If you were at peace, you wouldn't feel the need to do that. And all you're really doing is just walking around. Like how, like how fucking dumb do you think I am? Like I'm walking around, you know, not loving life. And then I just read love life. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. If people aren't loving life, it's not because they don't know not to love life. Probably a lot of painful shit happened to it and they're trying to work their way through it. And your stupid fucking t-shirt is just going to irritate them like it's doing to me. Um, so I went on this walk this morning <laughs> so I could love life and listen to the birds chirping. I wasn't. I wasn't listening to nature. I have this fucking playlist called Clive Burr, which is just all Iron Maiden when he was in the band. And uh, just incredible drumming. So I was listening to, uh, you know, Rumor in the Rue Morgue, you know, some of the deeper cuts right to the fucking classics. Like, I mean, a prisoner, I mean, Jesus Christ, what a fucking intro. You know, I don't know. So anyway, so I guess Cam Newton's gone, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Cam Newton is going to go somewhere else. And, uh, and now we got Mac Jones. So we, we will see how that is going to play out. Um, what else? I've been watching all of these. been watching a bunch of good shit. I watched, uh, I'm still continuing on with the, uh, the Untouchable series. And I'm telling you, the, untu- the original Untouchable series was the law and order of back in the day where all of these people that got their starts as actors, like my generation, and I don't know for how many generations, so many people got that, your first TV credit, acting TV credit, being on Law and Order. And I'm telling you, I just saw Robert Redford, a young Robert Redford, um, Ed Asner, Carol O'Connor, um, Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin. Um, I, I, just, I brought this up on the, on the last one, how many people I've seen on that. But Ed, Ed uh, what's his face? Um, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with my brain? I already forgot the goddamn name. Robert Redford. Um, Oh, man, he played a piece of shit, and he did a great job. (laughs) So it's an incredible series. I watched that, and and then I watched Airplane. I taped Airplane, the movie, which is just as funny as it's always been. One of my favorite jokes I'd totally forgotten about is when you first see Leslie Nielsen, and, you know, when the first passengers get sick, and they go, is there a doctor? Is there a doctor? And this woman goes, I think he's a doctor. And she leans into the aisle and you don't see Leslie yet. She goes, excuse me. She goes, are you a doctor? And he looks at her and he goes, I am. And he's wearing a stethoscope and he's got it in his ears. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a silly, stupid joke. And me and my lovely wife were sitting there watching that movie, just laughing our asses off. Um. And, and what's his face? Uh, Robert Stack just crushed it. Absolutely fucking crushed it. Where he's just sitting there going, uh, keep her at 34,000. No feet. <laughs> it's just pound for pound. I'm trying to think of a fucking, those Zucker Brother movies. 
you can't cram any more jokes in there. It's just one, and that's when the shit hit the fan. All of that stuff. Ah, looks like I picked the wrong week to sniff to stop sniffing glue. It's still just as funny as it always was. And I was watching it with my wife, and there's nothing I love more than listening to my wife laugh. I love listening to her laugh, and she's got such a great sense of humor. She's got a silly sense of humor, just uh, like I do. And I just we just sat there laughing our asses off watching that movie. Um. It's just, oh my God, just such an incredible movie. And then the other night before that, my wife started watching The Real Housewives in New York. And I just, I just can't get into that one. I like The Real Housewives of Potomac. But then once they kicked, uh, what's her face off, Monique off, I didn't give a fuck anymore. Um, so she started watching that shit. So anyway, I'm studying for my instrument rating here for my... Uh, you know, flying helicopters and stuff. And, uh, you know, I was just looking up all this stuff, you know, on the internet, blah, 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 blah. Next thing I'm on Amazon and I found a documentary about the Vietnam War called the Vietnam War Miracle. And I'd watched like all of the, I don't know, some war movies or something like that. So when I went on there, it suggested that and it was only like 50 something minutes long. So I was like, all right, I'll check this shit out. And, um, the, I mean, first of all, it was an incredible story, but the stuff in there about helicopters, um, what those pilots did, and the fact that they were kids, and they were just talking about, you know, it's a, it's a story about a bunch of veterans, I guess, reuniting, coming back together, and, and you know, having not seen each other for so long, and getting into this horrific firefight in the jungle, and people having, like, being gravely injured, and then they just get whisked away in these helicopters, and they had no idea whether they lived or not. And there's this amazing doctor in there who had to be, like, 30 years old doing, like, brain surgery on these people, and not knowing when he's done with it as he ships them off if they live or not, and just everybody coming together and realizing that they saved people's lives. Um, and just the, the story, just the, the way the documentary makes you see like the bond that the soldiers have and how they have each other's backs and like the shit that's going down and how they don't even question running over to help from something that every, you know, nerve in your body would say run in the other direction. And they just without question go over to help their buddy out. And then you combine that with today that now people like look at a tweet and they're like, Oh my God, that was so brave. Jessica, I can't believe you're just such a warrior. It's like these people, are heroes. They're un- unbelievable. So anyway, the helicopter part, which of course, you know, I loved, is they had this firefight, right? And, you know, Viet Cong comes in, they're sleeping, and all of a sudden they just hear this thud, 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 and they just threw all these fucking grenades. Like, that's how they woke up, right? Um, the guys that were sleeping, evidently, right? And, and, then they got to worry the whole rest of the night if, these, if, if the Viet Cong is coming back and they got to get these guys out of here. So they make a call for the helicopters to come in. And I don't want to ruin the whole thing. You got to watch it. Vietnam War Miracle, right? But this is what killed me is landing a helicopter off airport, meaning not on a pad or on a runway or a taxiway or anything like that. It's one of the scariest fucking things you're going to do because it is so easy to roll the thing over. The second the ground is not level and you are at an angle, what you have to do is you come down like it's you're, you're 
you're going to land on something level and you, the uphill skid touches first. And then you're balancing that skid. And then as you lower your collective, the emergency brake looking thing, to get that other one to come down, you turn the stick, you push it in the direction uphill so you don't tip over. And these guys were landing in the jungle who God knows if there's even a clearing. You could hit a tree, you're fucking dead. And these guys would come in and just land these things while getting shot at as these people screaming in pain and agony are being thrown on. Now you're getting weight thrown onto the helicopter that is alive and is moving and you're balancing that skid, trying not to tip over while getting shot at and then flying out of there. I mean, it was just insane. And um, this doctor um, who did the surgery on one of them, did the brain surgery on one of them, who then lived and then, you know, as I'm sitting here bitching about, you know, positive T-shirts, like the, the life that this guy led, has led, um, and how he just embraced his new life when they took 25, 30% of his brain out. It was unreal. But one of the cool things was because of those guys who flew those helicopters and how they were able to get into a confined area and get injured people out of there and save their lives. That is what, what those kids did showed the potential of helicopters. And that's why to this day, if you wipe out on a motorcycle or, or whatever, get into a skiing accident or something, they bring a helicopter in and get you up and out and gets you fixed. It's because of those guys. And um, I really wasn't thinking about it, but like, you know, helicopters by the Vietnam War had not been around that long and certainly had not played a significant role, I believe, in any sort of warfare. So um, I don't know. It was a really, really, uh, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things if you're kind of stressing about a uh, little shit like I have been lately, it's been a, it's a really cool thing to watch. Vietnam War Miracle on uh, Amazon. Check it out if you get a chance. So with that, let me, uh, let me read a little bit of advertising. By the way, did I fucking... I can't remember if I brought up that I just had a fucking steak and cheese out here. I can't fucking remember. I don't know what the fuck is going on with my memory. I just have to check in to see if the Red Sox are winning here. This is completely unprofessional. I realize this. Two to one, losing the race. We just can't fucking beat those guys. God damn it. Isn't that hilarious? I just told you guys, hey, if you want to see something not stress about the little shit, <laughs> I'm going to flip out about a Red Sox score. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. You know, but it pays well. All right. Helix, everybody. You know, sleeping can be difficult, and it shouldn't be. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everyone's unique, and Helix knows that. You're all special. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. <laughs> I just love that sleeping hot. Mattress great for spinal alignment. I could use that to prevent morning aches and pains and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. The big boys. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz. You order the mattress that you're matched to and the mattress comes right to your door. Ship for free. You don't even need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash burr. Take the two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you. 
the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. And you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Gross. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. Oh, my God. But you will. Well, for the people who have to pick up the mattress, I hope you do love it. Uh, Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash burr. That's helix, L-E, oh, sorry, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash burr for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Um, all right. Oh, Roman, everybody. You know, most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work. Roman swipes are, clinically proven, are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipe <laughs> fast acting. Did you cut my dick off? No, no. It's just not. Oh, yeah, there it is. Sorry. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging. He's getting his dick done. You don't got to worry about that. And each swipe packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. Uh, swipes are great that they will not transfer to your partner so you can last longer without worrying. Dude, you should put that thing on with pride. Just tell her, listen, you're so, you're so good looking, I can't last. So now I'm going to do a little magic trick. I'm going to put the little swipe, you just put it right over the helmet of your dick. You know what I mean? Like you're doing a little three-card money. And now I take it away and magically I'll be able to go long enough to satisfy you. Uh, they're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, swipe it, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Let it dry. Make sure you let it dry, I guess. Go to GetRoman.com slash Burr and get $10 off your first order of swipes plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash Burr for $10 off your first order of swipes plus free two-day shipping. There you go. And with that, um, dude, by the way, you know, if you've outgrown your mattress, at what point are you going to go on a fucking diet? You know? I'm not trying to lose business for a fucking advertiser here, but I think when you, you, when, you, when you outgrow the goddamn mattress, that's the time, you know, to put on your walking shoes. Right? When a king size becomes a single. <laughs> you know, it's like me with my drinking back in the day. When your wife who never gives you shit says to you, what's going on with you when you're drinking? And you're like, what? Nothing. And she goes, don't have any more, because when you drink a lot, you snore at night. And the next thing you know, you're walking down the stairs, hiding another one on the outside of your leg, and you become that guy. I remember when I did that. And I was like, I, I got to stop doing this shit. And like, you know, it took me like another six months to stop. So, you know, if you're a big guy, you know, and you fucking got to buy a bigger mattress, you know, give yourself six months at some point, right? You got to be like, all right, I need, I need to start going for walks. I went for a fucking walk today. Look at all the happiness I got out of it. <laughs> I actually saw a guy on a bicycle. You know, you know, of course, he's dressed like Lance Armstrong, you know, because nobody can just get on a fucking bicycle anymore and ride down the street. You got to be like all fucking aerodynamic. Me and my wife went into a target. And this lady in front of us, I swear to God, just she had on like these spandex 
You know what I mean? Just like out outlining her whole, you know, this lady, I don't know what she was, like 50, 60 years old, had on spandex. It didn't have a long shirt hanging over it. And we're on an escalator. So her old fucking ass is just in front of us. And I got to be honest with you, when I was a kid, you could not walk around. I don't think you could walk around like that. Wait a minute. Spandex came out in the 80s. I don't know. There's something about Target and those big superstores where just, I think people, there's just something about it. People don't think about what they're wearing. Like, like they just don't give a fuck. Because I know Walmart gets a ton of shit. Like there was that website where people took pictures of people going to a Walmart, you know? And that's what it became at. Let's make fun of the people that go to the Walmart rather than let's shit on the Walmart for putting everybody out of business. So now they, have, they don't have jobs. So now they dress like that and have to go to a superstore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we walk in there. And um, I am like such a fucking dad and married now that I actually really enjoy Target. I got another thing too. I use self-checkout now. I just don't give a shit. There's something about watching people reject masks and vaccines that I just quit now. It's like, I'm not fighting any fight anymore. I quit. All right? You win. I'm broken. I don't give a shit. So my wife goes, you're going, to ch- you're going out to self-checkout? You never use self-checkout. And I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. And I just walked over and I just started going... Hi, did you find everything? How was your experience today at Target? Did you find everything you needed? I'm just scanning the dumb shit. Then I go to stick my card in, and it just doesn't tell you the fucking amount. It's like another 15 fucking questions you have to answer. And I started, I just went like, ah! I yelled at the screen, and then my wife, you know, finished the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I let the flag hit the ground. I know. I, I now work as a cashier for free at Target and other uh, amazing superstores. I just, I, I gave up. I don't know what happened. I used to have the fight. I just don't have the fight anymore. I just don't give a fuck. You know, I'm rooting for the virus at this point. I'm just going to mask up and, uh, you know, I'm just accepting that the rest of my life when I go out, I'm going to have to put a fucking mask on. <laughs> Oh, gives a shit. Um, anyway, old Billy Biceps is fucking building up the shoulders, man. Building up the shoulders. I got uh, to keep up with my son. Kid is already strong as hell. Um, so I'm doing the lat pull-down machine. My, my left shoulder is feeling good. And I, I'll tell you, anybody else who has shoulder problems, I got one of those, uh, you know those, you know those foam rollers that you roll yourself out on that fucking kill right i also have uh you can have like these little exercise not exercise balls what would you call them little those little uh what do you call them they're like fucking these little hard balls that's what she said right they come in different sizes and and different levels of of hardness am i still doing the roman swipe read right now anyway i got a little red one Oh, Jesus, the references here. Do you, Bill? You got a little red one? Is it hard? Um, <laughs> hey, I fucking put it between the back, my, uh, the wall and my back, and I'm able to roll out my shoulder after each workout, and it hasn't been talking to me. So, uh, like I said, I got a little, uh, I got this Atlantic City gig coming, and after the flight, I'm going to bring that thing along, hopefully. 
it doesn't get uh, picked when I go through the um, the security line because I was using another one a while back uh, for my legs. They're, they're amazing to have. I'll tell you what, what is underrated um, as you get older, uh, stretching and getting a massage or at least doing some sort of self-massage thing and not those fucking stupid guns that everybody gets. Those things are useless. You got to get yourself a Jedi masseuse, all right? And you got to keep going back to the same person, and then they know what your problem is, and then you get a game plan, and then they try and work the shit out. If you combine that with working out and stretching or whatever, you can you too can look as good as I do. Oh, I'm kidding. I look fucking horrific, you know. Although I've been getting along great with my wife lately. Do you know what I did? You know what I did recently. And if you're a married guy, you got to do this every once in a while. You got you to have the I had it moment. I've had it with this shit. Uh, it's one of the few times a woman will listen to a man in a relationship is when they hear the magic words, I've had it. You know, you can do your version, I've had it up to here. Head up to her. You can do whatever you want to do it. All right? And the I've had it, I've found that like, you know, you can't use it all the time. If every week you've had it, they know that you haven't had it. Okay? You just you got to let shit build up and build up and build up and build up. And then you, then you, then you, that's when you hit them with it. You know what? When, when they get mad at you and you, and, you, and you stand your ground that you've had it and they're mad and they're making the face and, <sighs> and you still don't give a fuck, then, then they know. Then they know. They're like, oh, shit. He has fucking had it. <laughs> I know this sounds stupid, but it actually works. And me and my wife had a great fight. And the, the end result is that we respect each other more, and we've been really nice to one another, and, uh, and we like each other again. You know? But the worst thing you can do is not say anything and then let the shit build up and then flip the fuck out. That doesn't work. All right. So I'm telling you right now, you gotta, you, you gotta, you know, I think I just told Verzi that today on our podcast. I think once every like 18 months, you can say it. You can just be like, you know what? I fucking had it. What? You're not talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to you and I'm letting you know I've had it. I've had it with this shit. All right. Enough. Well, really, really, you're just gonna keep. I don't, I don't. You know, have fun with that. Have fun with that because in in all of your shit, you're gonna shoot back at me. There's my point sitting in the middle that is gonna be dealt with. You know why? You know why? Because I've had it. I've had it. I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna Google that. I've had it. Let's see if that's a fucking website yet. I've had it. I've had it. Let's see. Husband. I said husband, and it, it actually went up. I've had it with my husband. I've had it. Husband, true story. All right, let's see what this one is. We have your husband. One woman's. It's always about the broads. We have your husband. We have your husband. True story. My husband used to be a woman. 
Wait, did I need to put this in, in, in quotes? Is that what this person's? And do I got to do each one in quote? Like, I, quote, I've, quote, to have a, a, an effective Google search? I've had it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking look up videos, see what the fuck this does. I've had it. I've had it by the bell notes. 1959, YouTube. Bunch of husbands. I'll tell you, I've had it with this song. You guys haven't had it. Well, it just doesn't sound like you had it. This. Oh, Jesus Christ. The bell notes. Look how fucked up my searches are. Man frees wolf from fence. Next video. It's not worth it, bro. <laughs> Longest passing plays in NFL history. The most brutal AWD launches and accelerations. I don't know what that means. Drums, guitar, guitar, drums. I don't know. Anyway, so what do you guys think? Is it going to be a one-game Yankee Red Sox playoff? That's what I'm. That's what I'm praying for, because we, we're not going to win it this year. But we can beat any team. Anybody can beat anybody one game. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the Yankees are going to win that. They got they got a better team this year, but we got a chance. I mean, that's fucking nuts. As good as the Yankees, they just won 13 games in a row. Then they'll play one game against the stupid-ass Red Sox, and we can actually maybe knock them out of the fucking playoffs. Would be hilarious. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, anyways, sorry. I've had it by the Bell Notes, 1959. I wonder if they had any more hits after that. Or were they just singing what the record company <laughs> said to them? All right, got to look them up. I'll look them up real quick, and then that'll be it. The Bell Notes. Wiki. Oh, they got a Wikipedia page. All right, good for them. Good for them. They made a little bit of money. Bell Notes Wikipedia. The Bell Notes were an, emer an early American rock and roll group from East Meadow, area of Long Island, New York. The Bell Notes were regular performers in the Bronx in the 1950s and performed at a bar owned by their father, Ray Tabano. How you fucking doing? He and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith occasionally played between Bell Note sets. What? And covered the song, I've Had It. Well, shows you what the fuck I know. Can you believe once again I was wrong? Unbelievable. It's almost like there's a pattern. Um, all right, that is it. Go Red Sox. Win enough to have a one-game playoff with the Yankees, and then me and Verzi can have a great bet. I hope you guys are having a great weekend. Um... That is all. That's all I got. Enjoy the music. And then I got an extra bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast coming up after this. Have a great weekend, you cunts.
Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, September 2nd. Oh, happy Labor Day, everybody. Huh? Why? Um, is it Labor Day around the world? If it is, happy Labor Day to all of you guys out there, especially the ones that make all of our clothes. Huh? Everybody in the first world out there, come on. Let's have a nice round of applause for the six-year-old in El Salvador who made your little cargo pants that you're walking around the cookout with right now with your big stupid pockets. Your wife's rolling her fucking eyes going, why does he keep wearing those shorts he had in college? Oh, God, the 90s are over. Why doesn't he see it? Why did I end up jumping on his dick instead of that other guy's? That other guy, he became a doctor and he wears slacks now. Um, for those of you around the world listening to this podcast, and my ego tells me that there is people around the world, you know, maybe somebody sitting in a bunker, right? Listening to this shit over here in the United States, we have something called Labor Day because we work so fucking hard in this country. That's why we're number one. You know why? Because we outworked all of you. You bunch of lazy fucking cunts. <laughs> Actually, we didn't. According to Tom Brokaw, I was the greatest generation. They fucking did everything except raise their kids right. You know? They raised their kids right? Would they have reacted to the Vietnam War the way they did? Nah, they would have gone into the Pacific the same way they did in World War II. We got a job to do. It's got to get done. No one wants to do it. Fuck it. I'm volunteering. Right? They were so shell-shocked from that, they couldn't even look at their kids. And then their kids just grew up all spoiled rotten. And then all of a sudden, it was their turn to go. And then they were just like, hey, man, like, don't harsh the mellow, man. Right? And that was the beginning of the end. I'm telling you right now, if less people dodged the Vietnam War, you wouldn't have as many fat people in this fucking country right now. Okay? And if you can't do the math on that one, then you know what? I can't help you. <laughs> That's one of my new things is I just make stupid statements to people in bars, right, that connect in no way possible. And as I watch their forehead wrinkle up i throw in and if you can't do the math then i can't help you it's a fucking wonderful game because it's it it puts somebody remember when you were like in, in like junior high grade school junior high or whatever and kids first started talking about sex and they would be like do you know what this is and you had no idea but you didn't want to admit to it you know, because you didn't want to be the kid who didn't know, even though nobody was fucking anything at that point, right? But you, you just didn't want to be the dummy. That's what I'm tapping into. All right? And if you can't do the math on that, then I can't help you. I'm telling you, you got, and, and when you say I can't help you, you got to look away and just let them sit with that. You know, just sitting with it. But that didn't make any sense. Well, should I let it go? Is anybody else noticing that? Uh, I don't know what it means. Um, anyways, Labor Day, I, I don't know what the history of it is. <clears throat> I'm sure I could look it up on Wikipedia, but so could you, you know? What am I, your fucking reader? Do you, do you want me to do it? Because I, I will. I'll look it up right now. I'll fucking click on this right here, right? And then I'm going to type in Labor Day. L-A-B-E-R. It's B-O-R. Jesus Christ. Labor Day history. 
what is the history of Labor Day? You know, there's going to be something horrific. Labor Day's politics history begins with workers' strikes in 1890s. You knew it. You knew there was going to be some sort of bloodshed. Right? And then we all forget. Years later, we're just sitting around a fucking big green egg smoking a big pork shoulder, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, Rose Bowl legend uh, Jason Lawhead will be joining the... uh, um, I, I should really clarify that. Rose Bowl tailgate legend. <laughs> I keep calling us legends like we're actually out there playing the game. Oh, look at that. An advertisement for Hertz rental car. You know what? I think I'm actually going to switch to them. This is free advertising for those cunts. Because whenever I go to the airport and I'm waiting for fucking budget, those douchebags, I think they have one bus at every airport. And I've really tried to sit there and be like, okay, am I just impatient? And so I just started counting buses. And I got to tell you, Hertz and Avis, they got a lot of buses. National and Alamo, they're kind of like, I don't know. They're from the other side of the tracks. You know, they didn't come for money, but they're working their way up. They got to share a bus, you know, but it's building character over there. There's a lot of character over at Alamo and uh, National. But I'll tell you, budget, budget, uh, budget wasn't raised right. You need to stay away from them. I've had it with those cunts. I've had it with them. I've been with them for fucking ever. I've had it with them. All right, Labor Day's political history begins with worker strikes in, 18, in the 1890s. Yeah, this is when uh, we had sweatshop labor over here, which is why we created unions, so that they would stop. And then the unions literally became the fucking thing that they were fighting, right? Leaning on shovels, some on brake, and all that fucking thing, taking advantage of it. And then the corporate cunts said, oh, yeah? Well, you know, good luck to you and your union. We're taking the factory to another country. Go on, strike all you want. We're still making money. All right, there you go. Like the marginal line. They flew right over the fucker. So now here we are. All right? And that poor guy in Rage Against the Machines got to bring his ukulele all over the fucking country to try and get the people of this nation refocus on what the purpose of a union is. Huh? Because all those, hey, man, people, they all had kids. They all had kids. All right? And then they joined unions. And then everything left. All right? And if you can't do the fucking math on that, then I can't help you. Feel that? I just walked away. I can't help you. Um, <clears throat> Labor Day has fallen upon us once again. Oh, this guy. What a writer. Has it really fallen upon us? Has it graced itself um, with its, with our, graced ourselves with its presence? Is that how we say it? Labor Day has fallen upon us once again. I would love to look up the douchebag who wrote this and find out how many fucking articles he started that way. You know, just the way there's, there's, there's hacky stand-up comics, there's also hacky writers. Like, I refuse. Ooh, ooh, do you, Bill? Are you really refusing? Can you feel the world shaking in its fucking boots? Um, fuck you. I have my, I have my, 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 I have my standards that I live by, I like to think. Piece of shit standards, but standards nonetheless. Um, I don't. I refuse to read any celebrity interview that begins with what they're eating. I think that's the hackiest way. To st- I, I've met a zillion times. John Travolta, you know, breaks into some fucking medium rare steak wearing a smart button down. Shut the fuck up and just ask him what it was like to be in Dance Fever. All right. Just say, hey, I'm a star fucker, and I can't believe I get to sit across from this icon. It's amazing that when he eats, he also gets shit on his face. 
You wouldn't think that from an Oscar winner. Um, all right. For most Americans, we're back to the article now. This means little more than the end of the summer. Oh, really? You're going to talk down to me right at the beginning of the fucking article? Joseph? Do you fucking horn rim glasses from the 80s? All right. For most Americans, this means little more than the end of the summer. Social season. Oh, well, you know, he's actually right because I, I did have to look this thing up. Kids and college students alike return to school, leaving relieved parents to grasp some sense of normalcy. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Could you be more fucking dramatic? Uh, cookouts flare on and friends get together for cool drinks after some outdoor fun. Was this written in the 20s? Uh, <laughs> no, because there hasn't been anything racist yet. We're playing horseshoes. Back then, they probably used like a black guy. They just hammered his head into the ground and used him as like a stake. And nobody said anything wrong with it. Right? Isn't that how bad the racism was back then? I might be wrong on that one. I don't know. All right. Amid all the action, everyone seems to forget that Labor Day... What Labor Day is all about. Well, for the love of God, Joseph, can you get to the fucking point? We get it. You know what it is, and we don't. Ugh, what an asshole. You know what? In his picture, he has his glasses on, but as I read this, I picture him taking them off right now to give me a little talking to. Um, during the late 1800s, labor leaders, labor, uh, decided that hardworking Americans deserved a holiday of their own. In other words, they felt them getting ready to storm the castle. This is the old bread and circus. Um, after 1894's monumental Pullman Railroad strike, Congress decided to federalize this holiday. Ah, God. And let me guess. The fucking morons agreed to it. Hey, we wanted equal pay and we wanted some decent hours. Hey, how about we give you one day off a year? Is there going to be beer? Of course it's going to be beer. All you can drink. Oh, I don't know about that, fellow. Sounds pretty good to me. He's a jolly good fellow. And that's the end of it. They completely lose their focus. Um, the Pullman strike had such a wide-ranging implication that less than a week after it ended, the president, that then, ah, uh, fuck, President Grover Cleveland signed the Labor Day Act into law. Now, if you can't fucking do the math on that. Don't you see what's happening? This strike happened, and all the fucking blue bud douchebags with their top hats chomping on a cigar, walking around like the fucking penguin, they saw what was coming. People were like, we've had it. We're not going to take this anymore, and we're coming for you, you tuxedoed cunt on a Tuesday. How much money do you have that you're wearing that get-up on a fucking Tuesday, right? Back then, they had spats, right? Showed up a big, long car. They, they, they didn't try to hide it. So they saw what the fuck was coming. And then, you know, Grover Cleveland, so who's kidding who? How did he get in office? All those rich cunts, right? So they get him, hey, Grover. Um, you're supposed to call me Mr. President. Grover, get in here. Waddle your fat ass in here, you cunt. Listen, okay, if this shit, what happened at the Pullman strike... Happened straight across this land. We're not going to have the money to keep the whores coming in to suck your dick while your wife's in the other room. Do you want that to happen? It was a rhetorical question. Just listen to us, okay? We need to have a fucking day off for these people. Just give them one fucking day off. We'll smoke a pork shoulder. We'll get them a bunch of beer. They'll be so fat and fucking hungover. They'll be good till Christmas. All right? Just do this for us so we can keep all the money. Can you do that for us? Haven't we done enough for you? Your fucking name is Grover Cleveland, and we still got you the Oval Office. All right? 
We ready? On two. On two. Ready? Break. Um, all right. Sorry. I think I don't need to read the rest of this. Isn't that what happened? Considering then both U.S. soldiers and federal law enforcement officers killed a number of strikers, this was the least that he could do. Oh, yeah. God forbid you protest that you're working fucking 900 hours a goddamn week. You know? Ah, Jesus Christ. See, this is before they had, like, fucking, you know, CNN and Fox News to spin it and all that type of crap. All you had was word of mouth going around. You know? I'm sure they had newspapers. They have newspapers. Could people read back in the 1800s? All right. I know I'm just sounding dumber by the second, but I, I think I made some sort of point in there. I like to think I did. Um, well, let's, let's, this is actually fascinating to me now. Let's read some more of uh, Jason's article. Is that his name? Joseph. Sorry. Uh, minimum wage laws were a long way off. And if one thinks the health insurance is bad now, it was non-existent then. Then there is... The Gilded Age's near total lack of workplace sanitation and fair pay, pay standards. Oh, yeah, like when they built, like, the Brooklyn Bridge, like, they averaged, like, five guys dying a day. A day. Something crazy because they didn't understand the bends. And as they were bringing somebody up and they'd start to get it, they were like, bring him up quicker. He's getting sick. And then that would be it. Um, that was it. Your dad went to work and he died. You know, there was no 60 minutes, you know, coming out to fucking help you, Ed Bradley or some shit. So he's still around. And he died, too. A lot of people died on that show. Um, well, it's been around for 50 years, Bill. A lot of people died on the Brady Bunch at this point. No. Alice is still alive. I don't know about Sam the Butcher. Mike died. The dad died. Dad always dies. You know? Fucking working his ass off. Um, trying to drop some plans. And fucking Florence Henderson coming in with the world's first mullet. You know? Ah, uh, where the fuck am I? Thankfully, scores of long-pressed laborers eventually got together and formed unions. As individuals, they were all but powerless to bring about the positive change. In large groups, though, they managed to secure the American dream, not only for themselves, but for generations to come. Throughout the 20th century, Democrats typically favored the interests of non-managed workers, while Republicans catered to administrators and business owners. Why do you got to throw the Hatfields and McCoys in there? You know, it's us. Versus the 5% of them. Okay, stop with the Yankee Red Sox shit. God damn it. Radicals in both parties often destroyed the chance for reasonable solutions to... Okay, that's fair. To complex financial problems, but moderate voices often prevailed. That should explain our country's economic success for most of the 1900s. Well, I imagine there's more to it than that, but what the fuck. So there you go, people. There's a little ignorant history on this wonderful fucking day. And here we are. 120 years later, and uh, I'm sitting around today doing a podcast, smoking a pork shoulder. I made a fucking apple pie. Oh, it's going down. Calories. Calories will be consumed on this wonderful day. Um, You know what would be great is if somehow you could just eliminate greed, envy, jealousy, paranoia, lust. Basically the seven deadly sins. Okay, Look, I'm far from a fucking perfect person. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but it would be good, just at least at that fucking level. You know, if everybody could be like, hey, you know, we're making enough money. Yeah, why? we, we should, you know, give you health insurance. 
I love that whole fucking myth that if you actually treat workers decently, like a fucking T-shirt is going to cost $50. It isn't. In order for you to continue maintaining your fucking giant yacht, it would cost that. When I was a kid, you know, factories were just starting to go overseas, but they made a lot of shit here. And sneakers weren't the equivalent of fucking $200 or whatever the fuck they said that they were going to be. It's all bullshit. I don't buy a fucking word of it. And uh, and that's it. All right. I'm not going to talk anymore because at this point I'm probably even sounding more ignorant than usual. But uh, my gut tells me I'm right. So go fuck yourselves. Woo, I just bailed out of that one, didn't I? Nice barrel roll right out of a fucking moving car. Um, so most of you are probably asking, not most of you, but a lot of you, or maybe none of you. But none of you can call in to tell me you're not thinking this. So I'm going to go with this and say you are thinking this shit. You're probably wondering, what, what exactly is a pork shoulder? You're eating the shoulder of a pork? It's actually the pig's ass. But you would sell a lot less of them, I think, if you said, you know, you know, Pig ass, pig rectum. Some people will go pig butt. That's the closest they'll say. But uh, yeah, we're eating the uh, the ass of a pig. <laughs> we're smoking the fucker, and uh, it's gonna be delish. Um, so, anyways, let's get on with the podcast here, everybody. Did you watch any uh, any of the college football this weekend? Lawhead, come on in. Oh, look who's here. Huh? Jump on. Wait, wait, wait. I got to give you a proper intro. This you've never been on the podcast, right? Uh, never been on the Ladies and gentlemen, we have here the living legend. He's tipping the cap. I, I keep saying Rose Bowl legend. It's got to be uh, Rose Bowl uh, uh, tailgate legend. Tailgate legend. I Hall of Fame. Grab the microphone right there. Grab the microphone. A touchdown in a Rose Bowl. But, exactly. Uh, but we're built. We built a program here. Because when we started this thing, it right. was ugly. It was bad. I mean, we were like that a first D3 year. No, you weren't on even probation. There. You, you, you weren't even there. The first tailgate, the first two years, you showed up to the second one, but you weren't cooking. You were at another right, one. Right, exactly. The first year, I, the only thing I remember was being drunk and Bartnick putting butter on the steaks with two fingers, with his <laughs> index finger and his middle finger because we didn't have any utensils. He's probably uh, doing that today. And I, and I had this little hibachi. And uh, I just remember I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to grill or anything like that. I kept flipping the steak, and I heard this guy go, please, please stop flipping that steak. <laughs> uh, hopefully it was an Ohio State fan. Or no, that was the second year. I, I showed up no, during this, Ohio this, State this game. was the, fir- the first year. This is already how long we've been doing this and how I'm starting to feel like the old man over there. The first year we went there, it was USC versus Penn State. Fucking Mark oh. Sanchez, Sanchez was quarterback for USC. Pete Carroll was still coach. Wow. Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno hadn't not, not, uh, he, been uncovered yet. And well, I mean, well, you know, he yeah, knew. Yeah. But the yeah, fu- the fucking uh I actually did stand up for both teams down at the improv. They had like this nice. pre thing. So one night they had US one day they had USC, one day they had Penn State. Joe Paterno was not there. I often wondered was Sandusky there? I mean, granted everybody there. Well, he was like, off the staff by then, but do you And everybody think, was shaving. So he do you would have been hanging that around. If they got to another Rose Bowl after what all that has happened, I gotta do bring you, your mic down a little sorry, bit. Do you think of, that they would ever Penn State would ever go to an improv comedy show like that now? Even you know, just yeah, I think with they the would. risk I, I, of just I, some I, guy that might I, just I think say they something. would because they're already on TV. And yesterday I caught myself going, oh, let's see how they rebuild this. And then I had to think, wait, rebuild it from the pedophile case. But they were already like, they're bringing Joe Paterno's statue back out. And, uh, you know, they took it down like he was fucking Saddam Hussein. But, I mean, dude, 
I, I don't want to get into that yeah, whole subject because yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the guy, yeah, but yeah. I just don't know. No matter what generation, no matter how old you are, how you like, you know what it is, dude? It's power. It's it money. Is. It's the reputation. There was so much shit on the line that they tried to fucking how to handle it. In, I don't know. Yeah. Handle it in house. Who knows? Subject. Let's not even hey, talk about that. We got a but pork anyway. shoulder right now. Yeah. So. Smoking. <laughs> so they. Uh, so that first year. Um, I didn't even think we had cigars. We might have had cigars, but, dude, we got absolutely fucking annihilated. I think all we had was the steaks or maybe burgers. Okay. I, can't, I can't fucking remember. All I remember, dude, I was so – because you got to understand, when you guys go there, like, you, you help with the drinking with Bartnick. I was going, like, one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. Like, if Bartnick was a wrestler, we'd have to all come running in from the <laughs> locker room to try to take him down. But I was sitting like there. That mud wrestling scene from Stripes when everybody, all the girls had to go take down John Yeah, Candy. beat the shit out of him, Ox. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually saw that, that actor who played, uh, he played Psycho. In, Francis uh, Sawyer. Fran- yeah, I saw him in an episode of T.J. Hooker. T.J. Hooker is some of the worst acting ever. Ever. Yeah. And, and he's still great. He's still great in it. He just, he just was a fucking great Adrian actor. Adrian Zemmeth. Is that what his name was? Name? No, no. The other guy, his partner, Hooker's partner, the good-looking guy, the young guy. Oh, who played an Italian, but he, he was, was terrible. Uh, he was, uh, he was like, uh, Armenian. He was like Armenian. Or yeah, he was yeah. Like, like, like Eastern Bloc. And he yeah, played. He exactly. played uh, Romano. Was his name? Yeah, I mean, his last name started with a Z. He wasn't Italian. Yeah, like, his real last name was like a Z Y M T, and then it was like a. Well, you have to watch it because they, they never call him T J, they just call him Hooker. The okay. whole time, so that they'll be like when TJ's in a difficult situation, they'll be trying to find him out, and and and, and they got the walkie-talkie going, Hooker, <laughs> Hooker, and it's just like that. I heard Hooker from the day I was born, so like, why? How the fuck did they that get on the air? Like, why wouldn't you just pick something else? And that's probably why they just threw the TJ in the title, so they could just have the TJ, but knew that they were. Yeah, but they never used it. They never used it. Yeah, I don't think you could have got away with like Hooker Friday Night Hooker on CBS. Everybody, although that would everybody would have watched. No, but I'm saying the characters could have said fucking, could have said like TJ, right? TJ, TJ. That's still bad. That is bad. Call him Tommy. Tommy Hooker. Tom. Tom. Thomas. He needs. He needs more of a manly name. We built this program to what it is today. I mean, this is like. Spurrier-esque from where it started to now we're smoking meats. Oh, uh, the day starts with the omelet. It oh, yeah, starts with a heater. Who's kidding? The cool. heater. Starts off with a whiskey. Then you have I a fucking omelet. a hundred of these. Yeah. Joe Bartnick. I could drink a hundred of these. I love when he does that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Joe Bartnick, after his first sip of whiskey, when it hits his lips, he looks around everybody in this like strong, whispery voice. I could drink a hundred of these. And then the night's, the, the, the day's <laughs> on. And he, he loses his ticket and then waits for us at the, the, the game. Oh, I don't even know if I even brought that up from last year. That was the worst fucking, that was like the Willem Dafoe moment in Platoon. Left yep. him behind. Somehow he, he lost his ticket. He well, got picked. Things are so big, he put him in his back pocket. And I think because I walked to the stadium with him. You guys yeah. were a little ahead of us because he was moving slow. You know, Joe's a big dude. He had about a hundred of these in them. Right. And uh, so I was kind of like staying his pace, like helping him. And then we get to the gate and he goes right to his back pocket and it's gone. And I'm like, I looked at that. I'm like, ah, we walked around. But it was one of those things. Like if somebody had their game on and they saw that thing sticking out of his back pocket, if he's just, you could just, I mean, those crowds, you swipe it and you're gone. Or if it, it just fell on the ground, pick out. it up, you just go scalp it or something. Like the size of a, yeah, so he had, to, he had to stay outside. That was the fucking worst. 
Uh, hey, is it true that they don't sell booze at the Rose no Bowl? No booze at the Rose Bowl. That's we, We're so in the I never sheets that. by then that we don't even Five care. Five years in, I never noticed. Yeah, they don't sell booze. Hey, I, I got to do, do a couple of advertising right here. If you're just tuning in, I like to say that like uh, this is actual radio station <laughs> rather than people downloaded it. Uh, we're the talking score is three to, to two in the 10th. Rose Bowl tailgate legend, uh, Jason Lawhead. He's over here smoking a fucking pig's ass. Uh, all right. Uh, Dollar Shave Club, everybody. There are so many things in this world that irritate me. Uh, people with neck pillows, people who ride bicycles and don't get over and feel like I have to drive as slow as them because they want to go out on a ride. Uh, my own cowardice. That annoys me. Uh, when so many things can irritate you, why add razors to that list? It's time to stop milking your razor blade, everybody. I know with the brand name razors, you're used to paying outrageous prices and exhausting those razors until they start to look like a rusty soda can. Well, listen, it's time to move on, goddammit. Dollar Shave Club delivers amazing quality blades to your door just for a few bucks a month. Never think about it again. They send a pack uh, every month. Why don't they ever have month in the damn copy? It says they send the send a pack every so you can change your blades every week. Um, they send a a pack every month, all right? Uh, I love these guys, and your face will love them, too. They also have a new product called One Wipe Charlie's. Jay, I swear to God, I refuse to believe this is real. It's a butt wipe for men. Come on. And man. it's classy. It's classy? How, how could anything... Wait, 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 wait. And it goes, check out the video for that what? and sign up for your razors today. <laughs> what? This is like the it, Columbia no, you know, you know House. This is like the Columbia House of no, this, Razors. This, <laughs> this is, company is like <laughs> No, they're great, dude. This is like uh this is like the poor man's bidet. Oh, you know, you can't afford the spray of water. But it's classy. It's classy, which means it's a nice thickness, so when you wipe it, it's not gonna tear and make your fingers all shitty over there. Uh go to dollarshapeclub.com forward slash burr. That's dollarshapeclub.com forward slash burr. Or go to billbird.com and click on the Dollar Shave Club banner. Hey, the lady in your life's going to love you. You're going to have a nice clean shave and uh, you're going to have a clean bottom, you friggin' animal. All right. <laughs> Hulu Plus. I'm sure you've tried Hulu.com. If you haven't, you're a loser. And I want you to know that came from my heart. But I want to tell you about Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere. Stream it on your TV. Or go with your smartphone or tablet. Um, why stand in line or ra a ride a train and just stare at your feet? You could be watching your favorite shows on Hulu Plus or hitting on the hot chick standing next to you. But whatever floats your boat. Hulu Plus is a great way to binge watch your favorite shows. Hulu Plus has tons of episodes from great comedies like SNL, Community, Modern Family, South Park, Family Guy, and thousands of other shows. Hulu Plus is only $7.99 a month, you cheap bastards. $7.99 for, for all the shows and movies you can watch. Catch up on current shows, uh, binge on old favorite favorites, or catch a great movie. You can do it all on Hulu Plus. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for a couple of weeks free on me. When you go to the podcast page, billbird.com, and click on the Hulu Plus banner, or go to huluplus.com slash bill. That's as easy as it can get. Please make sure you use huluplus.com so you can get an extended free trial and so they know that we sent you. All right? Makes me a little bit of cashish, and it makes your viewing pleasures go through the roof, I guess. Is that what I'm trying to say? All right. And we're back to the podcast here, everybody. Uh, You're like, you turned into like the Paul Harvey of podcasters now. You're what doing do you mean? like live spots, like right in the middle. You know, like Paul Harvey. Now that was actually your, you know, Charmin tissue paper. <laughs> Charmin tissue. And then he'd go right, and now the rest of the story. Charmin tissue, wrap yeah. a Jap in it and light them on fire. It's 1945. Um, yeah, back then when they would do like the, the 
promos for the war. I was ah, watching all this ever since hilarious. I've been reading these World War II uh, books and stuff and just watching some of those, those like, uh, propaganda films that they have. Like, dude, like the, the, um, the war, they would actually show like literally like war crimes. Like strafing, I guess, was con- considered a war crime, which is basically if you had people like defenseless in the water after you shot down their ship or whatever, shot down the ship, torpedoed their ship, they would just see the survivors in the water and they'd come. And they would show that. How they do it to us? It was brutal. It was war, man. It's fucking brutal. But what kills me is you think they try to keep it quiet, but they were describing one showing strafing in, in a movie theater. The crowd was going nuts. And he goes, there they are, boys. Let them have it. And then he goes, they deserve it. <laughs> it's like Phil. It's like a Phil Hartman sketch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you got, and they got the, like, the, 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 they always had the music behind it, too. Like the, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, like the happy, like, parade music. Oh, yeah. While they're, dun, 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 dun. Oh, absolutely. No, I was, I, at the risk of repeating myself from last week, like, both sides viewed each other like they were animals. Like they thought that we we bled green blood and we had tails. And uh, I don't know. We we, we said we, we, like- both, we both said they each side was a, was right. devils. They said you know if the Americans come kill yourself because they're going to eat you and all this type of stuff. And they were actually uh, committing acts of cannibalism. <sighs> Dude, I've read that this book Flyboys. I'm telling you, there's a chapter in there. Like I had to set it down and walk away for a little bit and then plow my – because it was such a good book. Just that, that one chapter on that, dude, it was uh, – I don't know. We're smoking a pork shoulder. I don't need to be talking about this shit. Smoking a pork shoulder. <laughs> We're going to be making some coleslaw, bro. Coleslaw. Yeah, but I don't need to be talking about fucking cannibalism. If you had to, if you had to eat a person, mm-hmm. all right, Jay, I got to ask you this. Um, what's the body type you would be looking for? You wouldn't want – Survival or enjoyment? Um, like if I had to like string it out over like if I had to like stock my shelf well, let's or if st- I just really wanted a nice put on a nice suit and, and, and I don't enjoy. want you to go Hannibal Lecter. I want okay. you to be you, let's consider for a second that I'm surprised at that that reaction. But let's just say you're a <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, is it one night out or is it I'm on an island? I'll, if I'm well, on an island, I'll take John Goodman if I'm you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but OK, John Goodman will be nice and marbled. Yeah, there'll be a lot, like, a lot of flavor in that. A lot of flavor. You got an athlete. It's going to be too tough. Exactly. You know? Right. That's why that's why I ask. And then you gotta, like, you you gotta get wanna, that you know what you're the best like, one you got you gotta get that married guy who used to work out, but now he's got four kids. I figured go. that would be Travolta. The, that would be the best eats. <laughs> he's like the nice <laughs> nice middle of the road kind of a guy. <laughs> yeah, and he used to dance. Yeah, he used to dance, but he's still he's, he's, soft in areas yeah. where you could taste really good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like his nose you think like like now is like his nose or his double chin would taste really good. Like that'd be like a snack. No, nah, that's too exotic. <laughs> I, 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 I ate that's, a, like the, that's like the pig hoof. Uh, no, pig cheek. I ate it one time and I started like sweating. After my body was just like, "What kind of fucking meat is this?" No, you got you got to go with the uh, having nightmares for like a month straight. Yeah, you got to go with the Travolta's pork shoulder. Yeah. All right, let's uh, okay, let's go with this uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman or uh, or John Travolta. I like, John, John Travolta would be more like an aged you know, steak. This is probably so fucking And disgusting. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman, <laughs> you'd, have to, this. you'd have to do a lot of cleaning. Like, you'd have to clean ah! it. <laughs> like, Travolta, Travolta looks like he waxes, Sorry. so you wouldn't have to go off there. You wouldn't have to, like, you know, chop so much of the hair off. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, if you kill a bear right, compared to a deer, now, you I'm have just, to really work the bear over. All I'm thinking right now is Louis De Palma. Let's get out of this. <laughs> hey, you're a big college football fan. What did you watch this weekend? Well, obviously, I was in Vegas this weekend. 
again, I watched my Buckeyes. We didn't look great, but uh, got some work to do on defense. Number two in the country. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. We might be seeing them. Uh, at, you know, you, what, guys, you guys can't pull, got yourself out of the hole real quick. Like that guy in the Viagra commercial when he hooks the truck up to the horse, right? <laughs> well, we got Herb, man. Urban Meyer. That guy goes everywhere. That guy goes, he wins. I mean, his, his winning percentage is ridiculous. It's like 870. I mean, he's he got an undefeated season at Utah one now, year. I'm not as deep as you. Now, he, he's not the guy who was there when they got suspended. He left, his right? Dressel's gone. The white haired yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Dressel's gone. We had the defensive coordinator was like, I ran him for one year. Uh, thank God Meyer got sick of his family after a couple of years. He, oh, I want to spend time with my family. Yeah, well, luckily, they were annoying, and he's back yeah. on the scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, the guy's got two national titles. He probably could have won one um, in Utah if it was before it was pro- uh, prior BCS, you know, Alex Smith. He recruited Alex Smith. Uh, you know, the Why guys, did I hear like they're getting rid of the BCS? Like this is the last year. Yeah, they're going to the, they're gonna go to that Final Four type thing. They're going to go to a, finally like a somewhat of a playoff. Oh, you got to play two games. Oh yeah, you're going to basically have a final four, an NCAA football final four. Do you know how huge that's going to be? It's going to be ridiculous. And you know, most of the games will be played right here in our backyard, right here. I mean, if they there would be oh, idiots not to use Pasadena for that. That's going to be amazing. Well, I got to tell you, I watched my LSU Tigers playing the uh, TCU. You go frogs! Come on, frogs! <laughs> TCU. Hey, you know what's funny is I I couldn't find the fucking game because I kept looking up LSU and it was and, I, and all I saw was versus Texas Christian University and I'm so dumb on, I didn't Bill. put I didn't know what they I did, all they never said it the whole game they didn't go come on Texas Christian <laughs> University they went TCU go frogs. Come on, frogs! That was the game we saw them against Wisconsin. That was the game when we basically knew then we had to up our game in the tailgate realm. It was that TCU-Wisconsin game. Like, was that two, yeah, three years ago? Yeah, that guy next to us had the flat-screen TV yeah, and the generator. Yeah, that's when we were like, dude, what are we doing? We thought we had, we thought we came more prepared from the year before, which right. was, right? And then we were but like... last year, last, last year, year was, the first time we had people looking at our tailgate going, see those guys, they're doing it right. People were coming over every time I lifted Another that Another big one is women. When women start looking over, going, they yeah. got because women don't forget anything. No, yeah, you we know? had like moms, like Wisconsin moms, coming over, going, "What are you cooking?" Like, yeah. like what is that? <laughs> People were like, kind of like trying to be nice to us to see if we'd offer them some when it was done. Like, get the fuck out! Oh of yeah, here. it get was great. It's the greatest here. singer. But last, uh, I watched the uh, the LSU TCU game, and I, I got to tell you, man, this is supposed to be a rebuilding year for us. This is my team. I love this. But Boston. I, I got to tell you, uh, Boston. Well, dude, what am I? Who <laughs> no, am I, I going to root? BU got their football program. They're gone. Yeah. And uh, BC, I, I never was a. I liked their hockey, but I just was never into the football team. I just was never into yeah. them. I never liked the uniforms. Well, yeah, I you, just did that maroon you know, with the gold. I just never. And they're got good into every it. one, like once every ten years, every. Every oh, they did, they did an amazing job. We had some great coaches there. The fucking guy, guy there with the uh, the the rosacea on his face from the windburn. Oh, Tom Coughlin. Yeah, we had him. <laughs> when it's not in season, I can't remember anybody's fucking name. But anyways, we got that Mettenberger guy at quarterback, and now they're not switching off. He actually looked really fucking solid. They got Cam Cameron now in as the oh. uh, QB coach. Dude, everywhere that guy Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, and uh, what's his face? Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl last year. He coached all of those guys, so I feel good about that. They got a, they got this new kid, Ego Ferguson. It's great, isn't it? SEC what names are the best. What a fucking great name. Anthony Johnson, both those guys were beasts yesterday. Um, and then they're saying that, you know, the receivers are right. Odell Beckham's all right. Uh, that's going to be a good year in the SEC because, I, I mean, obviously, that's what we're doing here. We're doing Spurrier ball. If, if LSU did, didn't, didn't have that one, that one fumble 
that blue kid, I don't know whose fault it was, but dropped it right there and just basically gave him seven points. Uh, but TCU actually looks strong. They're a good they're, team. And their fucking uniforms are great. Yeah, it was black on like. Did you hear what? Black what, on blue. Why they had that? Uh, no, it's purple. With well, the, purple, black on purple. Yeah, yeah. But why they had the uh, that red stripe? No. Because I guess when the horn toad or whatever the fuck it is, the horn frog, when it gets mad and it gets upset, blood comes out of its eyes. Really? Yeah. So that's what that's supposed to be. We gotta see one. I gotta see one of those in real life. I've never seen one yeah. in real life. Like, are they at zoos? Or do they exist? They do. Well, how you do the sign that they have is yeah, it's, it's the Fred Sanford. <laughs> the I, got, I got the arthritis hands. You do I that. can't. I can't yeah. work. <laughs> I can't pick it up. <laughs> hey, do you need to check on? Yeah, that let me check on that shoulder. All right, man. I'll be back. And then, yeah, and then come back. So, anyways, yeah. So I am. Uh, I am now referring to LSU as as my team, as uh, just because I don't know. I just did that. Acting gig down there, and I got to tell you, I actually miss New Orleans. New Orleans, how the fuck you say it? I, I, I was there long enough to see the regular people where they live in those fucking awesome houses. I got to tell you, the humidity is for the fucking birds. Um, but I don't know. I, I really liked it, and I actually was getting into the Saints. It was just a fun town. Party town. People like to booze. I like to booze. People like sports. I like sports. You know, the only thing that was missing was a fucking hockey team. And then I liked the fact that they named that team the Pelicans and everyone was giving them shit, including me. And they were starting to fucking bond over the fact that nobody liked their name. And uh, I don't know. I spent too much time down there and I fell in love with the fucking city. Go ahead. Sue me. So. When Lawheads comes back, we're going to talk about our upcoming trip out to Denver. Um, what am I going to talk about now? Is it time to get into the questions? Oh, fuck, 37 minutes in. Let's get into the questions for this week, everybody. Uh, Syria, General Billy Patton. Here's what's going on in Syria. I love that he starts with that. Other, in other words, I kind of fucked up what ha- well, whatever I said was going on last week. So here's the real deal, I guess. Assad is killing his people. Now, that's the, uh, the Grand Poobah who's in charge over there. He's killing his people. Not all of his people, just the people that don't like him and anybody who's standing near him, I think. Anyways, equally terrible rebels, some of whom are Al-Qaeda, are now going to be supported by the U.S. military. Now, you're probably wondering, well, why would we support anything that Al-Qaeda is doing? Because it's it's a money thing. I guess this Assad isn't doing what we want him to do, so uh, we're going to try and support the fucking uh, the Marlins. Right? Did that work? Did the Marlins suck this year? I have no idea. Anyway, estimated up to 1.5 million civilians have been displaced. That means homeless, I guess. So now we're going to bomb Syria, but also target some of Russia's shit in in Syria. Yeah, because they're supporting uh, the Assad guy. What's my call? Well, I got to tell you, Russia is the 6-9 and nine team that nobody wants to play. I mean, why the fuck do I know? I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know who's... I Look, I know that the only reason why we're over there is because of fucking money and something that comes out of the ground. Other than that, we don't give a fuck. All right? We, don't, we didn't give a shit about the people in New Orleans. Why would we give a shit about them over there? It's all about fucking... Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. And whether that is the proper way to do it or if that's an evil way of doing... What goes on around the world? I have no idea because I've never sat in on a meeting in the Pentagon. So I have no idea what's going to go on over there. I feel bad for all the innocent people 
sitting there in the crossfire, and I feel lucky that I can lay in a bed and do a podcast right now and eat some fucking poor pig's ass. That's all I got for you, sir. What's my call? Um, Well, it's an uphill battle. I'd have to say, I mean, it's a home game for Assad. And uh, now that they brought in the Russians, I mean, well, they don't have the greatest record. They Well, they beat the fucking Germans. That was great. They just backed into their own country and just burned and blew up dams and bridges and all that shit. They fucking raped their own goddamn country so the Russians would have nothing to fuck. They drew them in and then the winter came and then that was it. They did the old rope-a-dope before fucking Ali. So you got to give them that one. Then, But then they lost in Afghanistan. That's always a hard thing, though. When you When you got a road game. In the game of war, that's such a fucking hard one to win because uh, the occupying game, because they know eventually you're going to fucking leave, right? Eventually, you know, your soldiers are going to want to go home, right? Sit down, have a fucking sandwich and get any, I don't know, find love and get on with their fucking life. So that's, I don't know, Afghanistan, that's a tough one, man. You know what they are? They're like the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs. Just a very, very dangerous team. Um, so what's my call? I think it's going to cost uh, billions of dollars. It's going to make a couple people uh, a billion dollars, and everybody else is just going to be suffering. That's what I think is going to happen, and it's probably going to ruin some of the environment. That's, what I, that's my call. Uh, more of the same, sir. And it's just going to breed more hatred, and it's not going to solve anything. That's what I think. All right? Onward and upward towards new levels of uh, misery. All right, grass-fed steak. Uh, Dear Bill Bunches, you talked about juicing and all that. Have you switched to grass-fed steak? Switched to it? I've been eating it the whole fucking time. I do two juices a day, and then I throw down for dinner, right? I eat like a yoga instructor for the first two fucking meals, and then I eat like John Wayne. So, well, it's better than doing it three times a day. Um. Anyways, he said it's amazing. It tastes like steak tasted like 15, 20 years ago before they started pumping the cows full of everything. Well, I think they've been doing it longer than that, haven't they? There's a company called Grass-Fed Beef Company that Rogan talked about and had the owner on his podcast. I highly recommend. Uh, Okay, cool. I highly recommend the Joe Rogan uh, Experience podcast because it's the exact opposite of this one where I just say shit with no facts behind it, borderline makeup stuff. Um, he actually, uh, oh shit, he got a TV show on about Joe Rogan questions everything. So, um, this is like, I, I do what I do on this podcast is kind of like, you know, when you had what you thought was a cool teacher and then years later you realized he was completely irresponsible and wasn't doing his job slash maybe trying to fuck one of the students. That's what I do here. (laughs) What Rogan does, Rogan actually teaches the class. He earns his paycheck. All right? There you go. Probably just lost some fucking listeners. But you know what? Every once in a while, even I have to tell the truth. You know? Uh, Back to school. Mr. Burr, do you miss going back to school? I miss the social aspects of it. I miss if I could have appreciated going, like going back to school, especially if you're in like a public school, that's like going to a club with no cover charge. And every woman in there is single and is in their prime. You know, as are you. All the guys have full heads of hair, right? 
All the ladies, yeah, they're looking good. I mean, it's just a fucking shooting fish in a barrel. You don't need no opening lines or anything. What's your sign? But, but you know, you've been going to school for fucking ever. I got to do, hey, you know, just shoot the shit with them. I, I wish I knew that. I did not know that. Hence, I was a complete failure, failure in that department. Anyways, he goes, I'm 31, and every year around this time, I think about how fun it was to go back to school. Despite the fact that I hated summer ending and didn't want to be in class, you knew you didn't have a choice and focused on the good things, like which girls are going to come back hot. Will there be a new hot girl in school? I'm glad I get to see the girl I had a crush on last year but didn't see all summer because I was a nerd and had no balls. What do you miss? Yeah, I miss all of that. I miss running into my friends. Because back before you even had a car, like you wouldn't see even most of your friends all summer. Um, yeah, I missed out on a lot of shit. That's like when Star Wars came out. And we didn't have, uh, you know, we only had three channels. And we didn't have the ones that the kids watched, the UHF stations. And I guess that that's where they advertised it. I don't know. We were living in a bubble. I went outside every day, played in the woods, played sports, went swimming. I completely missed out when Star Wars came out. Came out. And uh, when I got back to school in September, everybody was talking about it. And I had no idea what anybody was talking about. And I just had to kind of like just stand there. And then people realized that I wasn't contributing. You know, I felt like Steve Carell in fucking 40-year-old virgin when he's talking about feeling up a girl saying it feels, yeah, like a bag of sand. You know, when he said that, like that's what I I, I had nothing. And um, so finally somebody asked me, they're like, you know, Bill, did you see Star Wars? And I was like, uh, no, actually, I didn't. And then all the little kids, oh, my God, you didn't see it. What a fucking loser. And that was it. And I got trashed. I literally got trashed for the rest of recess. What's wrong with your parents and blah, blah, blah. And I just wish, like, that's one of the things. I wish I could go back to certain parts. Um, Jay Lawhead's back, everybody. Hey, buddy. We're talking about uh, going back to school here. And by we, mm-hmm. I mean me and my listeners who aren't talking um, and just saying things that you missed. Are there any moments that you wish you could go back to in school to just have that fucking comeback? You know, when somebody gave you shit or maybe beat the shit out of somebody or maybe fucking ask the girl out. The regrets. Anything. Hmm, that's a good question. You know what? I One big regret I have is that uh, my parents always had one of them always took me to school. That was some cool. To, to what? To what? Like, because my parents were all the way. My dad was my high, my senior government teacher. <laughs> oh my! God. I rolled into with my the high school with my. I rolled into high school with my dad every day. Ah, oh, Jesus! Oh, yeah. But there must have been some girls thought that was cute. They oh, did because my dad. Yeah. Every, all the girls thought my dad. They like there was a couple girls that like had shrines to my dad. He was kind of a good looking guy for his age back then. He had the power. You know how the guys when you had the power. Jay's dad, like, by the way, is a Hall of Fame high school basketball coach. Great guy, you met him, but he he so he had that power unbelievable mystique, guy. but he was also a sharp looking guy. He was a good dresser. He's kind of like a Pat Riley, Chuck Daly of his era. He was uh-huh. always a sharp dresser, um, good head of hair. So there was a one girl in my class. I won't name her because if she's uh, listening, she's a yeah. Don't never, don't name names. No, but she had like my, I I discovered this my junior year. She had a shrine of my dad because he was a coach. So there would be newspaper articles or anything she cut out of like our school paper. She opened her locker one day. 
And there was a shirt, like pictures of him from the newspaper, pictures of him coaching, pictures of him from the thing. Like she was like, and like, what? What did you do? Seriously, you just like, it hey, was creepy. You know, I'm kind of yeah. half him. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's got to be worth a hand job. I'm one of something. seven of him. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a seventh of him. Um, I hope. But um, like, so it was just kind of creepy. But I, I think the one thing is, I was held back in the fifth grade. This is like kind of a joke. Why? I tell. Um, because it's kind a of a re- troublemaker. Re- but the thing was, is like a little bit of like a troublemaker, not doing my work, getting in with the wrong crowd type thing. But I, the joke was, is Drugs? my mom. No, no, no. I was just like, you know, like, uh, you know, getting sent to the office a lot, being, you know, sent in the corner. I was fifth grade. I mean, I wasn't doing drugs. Do you know, I, I got held back in first grade, but not because of me. My, my brother was going to borderline get held back in third grade. Uh, and then my dad. Why you catching him? And no, my dad just had this one for all, all for one kind of thing. So he held everybody back and then just felt like boys are more, aren't as mature as girls. They should be held back. So he held all of us back. Yeah. That's part of why I was like the maturity level of just being a, I was the youngest. And you know, what's funny is I still completely fucking screwed up in, in high school. Dude, I, I actually went back to my parents' house a few years ago and, you know, I was getting the last remaining shit out of there. And my mother doesn't throw anything out. And she had some of my, my report cards. Dude, I, I mean, just it was fucking ridiculous. It was C's, D's, and we didn't have F's. They were called E's. I don't know why. Yeah, I had C's. I was like. C's, D, like, like the high watermark maybe was a solid C. And it was just D plus, D minus, D, E, E. And you're a smart guy. Huh? You're a smart guy. I mean, that's like interesting. Like, uh, no, you're a smart that. guy. I mean, you're not a genius, but you're a smart guy. Yeah, it's, no. From what I know, I was I, I'm I do smart a joke in that I know what I'm good at, and I, what I'm good at is being a loudmouth fucking idiot. And somehow, thanks to this business, I'm able to turn that into a living. But if I was in anything else, um, I, I was always a good. I, I got a good work ethic for my parents, but I, I trust me, dude, I failed at a lot of shit, a lot of shit. Yeah, I, I, I just I just wanted to have fun, dude. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to like I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to work. I I I didn't mind working, but it, it had to be fun. That's why I, I like working in warehouses. I like blue collar jobs because there was this thing where you were working, but you weren't in like this office or this cubicle. You weren't in this designated area. It switched. You had different job sites, and everybody was fucking funny. Like I had a buddy of mine. He did construction and. Um, I went over to his job site one time, and dude, they were the funniest motherfuckers. And they had like catchphrases. They had this thing what they would do if anybody bitched, they would just like someone would be like, you know, what the fuck is my nail gun? I blah blah. And you hear somebody all on the other side of the house just go, wah, <laughs> and do like this baby thing, this wah thing. And that's yeah. what they would because what they were doing was this unbelievable. It was a fucking bitch of a job. So what it is. You just saw how humor worked because if he starts bitching, everybody bitches. Then you're just doing this job and you just got this negative thing. Down, yeah. So it was this way to – because anybody would do it. They would start fucking laugh. Everybody else would start fucking laughing. You'd be 90-degree heat putting a fucking roof on a house, just hating your life. Dude, I remember one time I, 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 lasted, I lasted 10 days doing this shit before I went back to the warehouses. I was fucking uh, working with these guys and we were putting a roof on something. And I, I had to put like the, the scaffolding. Like the supports up, drilling holes in and fucking, you know, hanging on the side of the house so they could put the board across it so they could do the fucking, the roof. And I remember next door was this house with a backyard with an in-ground pool and these two fucking hot chicks are bringing out shit and there's these two guys, fucking Jersey Shore looking guys, laying out, right? 
and enjoying their fucking summer. And I was just sitting there going like, what the fuck is wrong with this picture? And I remember one of them at one point was looking up, watching us work. And like, he was just one of those good looking shredded guys. So he didn't have a fucking ounce of guilt, not an ounce where I would actually in shame gone back into the house like i I don't want to be enjoying the pool with those guys working like that they this guy was just fucking like you you would have turned the radio louder dude you would have felt like we were making the roof for him he just fucking owned it and i'll tell you that guy he has no regrets from his childhood he crushed i you just see it this guy's crushing everything he was this fucking beautiful guy that's funny i still remember that and there was this irish guy billy you must work quicker you must work quicker and at one point, I got mad. It's like, dude, this is the first time I fucking ever put these up. If you want me to go faster and you land on your fucking back, I'll do it. You know, Wah! you know, that type of shit. <laughs> I've never had a real job. I, that's what the one thing I've loved about my life so far is I've never had one of those jobs where you just hate every day, like, you know, going into. I've always like, awesome. either worked in the restaurants or, you know, hard, like hard labor, worked out on the highway crew, worked out a little construction, more of a labor. I didn't know how to build any other. Right. Carrying the shit, but those kind of guys, you're right. They'll, those kind of jobs are where you meet really funny people that you know appreciate the things that that they Dude, get when they get them because they're working their ass off. Dude, man. you know what? Do you know one time like we we had a guy who worked and the guy was a total fucking alcoholic, like cokehead maniac. And one time he showed up, like I swear to God, like he was supposed to be the eight thirty. Showed up like ten thirty, ten forty five, and he comes in all bleary eyed, and. And his fucking hair was soaking wet from a shower. And he just comes walking and he goes, oh, the traffic. Traffic was blue. <laughs> <laughs> his fucking hair was soaking wet. Dude, his eyes look like roadmaps, right? He's big. Like, it was funny. He had like this. He was a big guy, but he never worked out. It was just all calories from his awful life. And he had this limp fish handshake. He had skinny arms and skinny legs and just this keg of a chest. You know, one of those guys just yeah. keeps pushing the pants down sure. and tightening the belt. <laughs> sure. So he fucking um, – so we just used to keep giving him shit. This is before, like, being an alcoholic was considered, like, a sad disease. So I remember we were going to get donuts that day. And fucking hilarious. We'd go, hey, you know, Paul – you know, I can't say – I just said his name, Paul. Paul, you want you want, uh, you want want anything from Dunkies? We're going to Dunkin' Donuts. You want anything? You want to – you know, and back then they had muffins. They had they – had, Donuts and that type of shit. And he just goes, nah. and somebody goes, how about a donut? No, nah, good. Muffin? No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Coffee? No, nah, I'm good. And then this other guy goes, how about a rum cake? <laughs> <laughs> we all fucking laughed our asses off at the guy. Long story short, he finally ends up getting fired. And he left one of his, remember the remember shackets? It was like a, it was a jacket and a shirt. It was basically like a flannel shirt with like a lining. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It had the, yeah. Yeah, shacket. So he left that thing behind. And this one dude, you talk about like a funny bastard and like, but really like artistic. He took all these empty boxes and made like a giant statue of the guy out of the boxes. And he put the jacket on it and he drew these bleary eyes. And he put like this mop and thing on top. Dude, we fucking came in. Even the boss, we were fucking howling at this drunk that we didn't even try to help. We just fired fired the guy, sent him out on the street, and then we just made that. We laughed our asses off, and we and, and we left it up for like fucking like like this shrine. It was up for like two weeks, and then finally the boss was just like, "We're running low on boss boxes. You gotta <laughs> you gotta fucking take that thing down, dude." We had this other guy. I feel bad about this one. This guy, we hired this guy, and, and the the boss thought it would be a good idea to hire somebody that was a little bit older to try to get some sort of fucking maturity. Because, dude, we, went, we, went, we just did all this dumb shit. 
like uh, you didn't care about your job. You just did dumb shit. He no, could see but we that. and then we, and I mean. we had like these things that we would do to get through the day. I remember there was this guy. Hey, what bin is this thing in? And it was and it was seven thirty seven, and he kept going seven thirty seven. And the guy, what, what? And he finally jumped off these boxes and did like this karate thing. And went what seven thirty seven as loud as he could. And then one day we just decided we were all going to scream that at the same time. And the door was open from the warehouse into the suited area where everyone was dressed like Michael J. Fox and out of nowhere. And if it was just really quiet summer day, the entire warehouse screamed at the top of their lungs, just went, what? 7.37. Right? And I remember my boss fucking picked it. So stupid. I don't know why we did it. Picked his fucking head up. And his boss immediately came running in. And he's going, they're yelling? They're, they're yelling out here? What, what? Like, like we were animals. Like, what are they doing? And then he got fucking, I almost said balled out. This is how old this story is. Remember that expression? Balled out. He got, yep. he got yelled at, and then he came out, and he, he had this high-pitched voice. And he'd be like, you know, come on, you guys. You know, you're out here, blah, blah, blah. And then whenever he would talk, we would just do this impression of him back. We wouldn't even listen. We would just be going, come on. And then he would just be frustrated and would walk away shaking his head and would just be like, bunch of babies. Just a bunch of babies. And we we wouldn't listen to any – like the level of mad that he had to get because he – oh, that's right because he used to – a substitute teacher. No, he used to be us and then he got promoted. Oh, there you go. And then that that that. was – that's what it was. Like I've often wondered how Bill Russell was able to – Coach his players, even though they all won together, and he was the legend. He had a you know nine rings at that point, yeah. ten rings before he got his eleventh. Like, uh, there's just something about like, dude, you're telling me to run the stairs now. Give me a fucking break. Exactly. That, that's where. Yeah. Come on. All right. Let me. Uh, I got to read one more advertising here. My little more Paul Harvey thing here, and then I got to go. Uh, good day. Good day. What do we got here? Is this it? Uh, oh, we got a couple here. All right, ladies. And gentlemen, uh, eVoice, if you're an entrepreneur and a customer calls, do you want to seem like you're in a high-rise, window-view, fancy-pants office? Or do you want them to know you're sitting in your underwear? With eVoice, you can create the appearance of an entire building. Sales, customer support, tech support, you name it. They're going to think you got a giant office. Uh, give your customers the royal treatment with eVoice. eVoice will forward business calls to your home, mobile, or any number you choose. Wherever you are, eVoice will find you. Don't have time to take a call? No problem. It's routed to your voicemail, and you can read it at your convenience as an email. Evoice not only gives you an edge over competitors, it takes away the edge that big companies have over you right now. Why? Because you can appear that you're just as big as they are. And now you can try Evoice for 30 days for free. Go to evoice.com, use the promo code BILL. That's evoice.com, promo code BILL, B-I-L-L, or just go to the podcast page for billbird.com and click on the Evoice banner. Last but certainly not least, LegalZoom, everybody. Most Americans do not have a will. But why? I don't know, because they don't have a pot to piss in. Yeah, that's, that's why that, I don't have a will. That's what I would guess. But if you do, if, you do, ha- if you do have a pot and it is filled with piss, <laughs> you don't want government rules dictating what happens to you, to your property and your minor children. A lot of people have children. Here we go. This is why. So why procrastinate? Most people say it's too expensive, too time-consuming. I don't want to do it. My answer is LegalZoom.com. Too expensive? You're going to love LegalZoom's responsible prices. Too time-consuming? I love these questions. Most people finish the online process in just 20 minutes. 
And we're not just talking some fill-in-the-blank form. Your will is a state-specific pers- and personalized based on your information. Best of all, LegalZoom has 12 years of experience helping people with important legal matters. Uh, it's National Make-A-Will Month, everybody. Every month is. I get this. I've been saying this for three months. Uh, so don't wait any longer. Go to LegalZoom.com today and get 15% off your last will. But this offer ends soon. Or get a legal trust and you'll receive a power over will absolutely free. Um, To get your special discount, be sure to enter Burr in the referral box at checkout for wills, powers of attorney, and trust, and more. Go to LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom can provide self-help services at your specific direction or connect you with attorneys, but they are not a legal law firm. There we go. You know what? I think I just read advertising from last month. I I like how they basically Mm -hmm. – I I I like how that basically like – they say everything in a roundabout way of basically saying... Please don't trash my advertisers. Do it before you're dead. Oh, wait, dead. wait. They're you know basically what? saying do it before you're dead. I wasn't like supposed nine, to read LegalZoom. I messed up. Uh, so they got a free one in there. That's did why. They? Uh. You know, that's why I keep saying it. it's National Make-A-Will Month. Yeah, who... Really? No, I didn't... Uh, well, there's always something. Like, I remember one time I was in Atlanta, and it was, it was National Blueberry Pancake Day. You know, from the people who bring you blueberries <laughs> comes Blueberry Pancake Day. It's just like... It's like naming a star. Except there's only 365. All right, let's let's move on here. Where are we in the podcast? Oh, by the way, how's how's the? Uh, oh, she's looking good. Did you peek? Oh yeah, I just oh, I just peeked. On, she's looking good. There's a if little. If you look, we're not right cooking. at we're right at 275. Well, I wanted to make sure that the chips were you know needed any. We got you know we're we're adding you know uh, apple so- soaked apple chips to this bad boy. We're smoking them. Oh, all. what did you start with? The apple. You start with the apple? Yeah, just sprinkle. But we're gonna get some hickory in there. Yeah, I want the smoke taste. We're back in it with some hickory. Yeah, don't don't give me uh, the Coors Light of smoked fucking (laughs) pig butt. No. Uh, All right, need to stop being a nervous cunt. This is gonna be the last one here, people. Uh, Billy Redface, love the podcast. Oh, speaking of Redface, the Red State tour, it got splintered because of the acting work. So splintered. This, but no, but I I, I'm making up all of them. So this week is gonna be uh, Boulder. In Pikes Peak on and, Wednesday and yep. Friday. Thursday we have off. Dum 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 dum. We're going. We're going to the uh, Broncos uh, Ravens game. You My know? buddy in Vegas this weekend. He, he wanted me to ask you. He goes because you know when you under the disguise. I'm from Cleveland. Everybody originally. If you haven't right. known that. But the funny thing is, when I told my boys this weekend I was going to the Broncos-Ravens game, they're like, well, does the guy not like you? Because, you know, the, the Ravens oh, yeah, are the yeah, Browns, yeah. and the Broncos, like, put it in our heart, like, nine times in the But you, got, you guys, no, I was just oh, like, but, no, but it has nothing to do with that's the actual Cleveland Brown franchise at this point. You just hate the Ravens. Well, because they're the Browns. Yeah, originally because they're the Browns, sure. Of course. Right. Yeah, we still hate them because of that. That's why we hate them. And they're in our division, and they, they, they the Browns Newsom go to the Ravens and win a Super Bowl twice. And we, you know what I mean? There, that's does 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 Ozzie Newsom still work for them? Yeah, he. That's the problem. He's the only guy that went with Modell, and he's been running that team. And he had just gotten the job. Like he, we, right. he was an ex player. He had just gotten the job as president of football operations when we were in Cleveland. They leave town. He goes. He they got two Super Bowls. Do you know why you you guys never get? You I don't know if you would want the attention. Because I lived through it, it sucks. You don't want to be like, oh, the sports misery capital of the world. Yeah, the reason fun. why you guys care. don't get the attention is because you're not rivals with New York City. Right. I think that that's why we got what we did because uh, it was Yankees, Red Sox, and then like 
You know what it was? The we, Browns but, get but, a little but, bit but, of but, that because we're a Steeler rival. Well, we're not, we're not even considered a rival anymore. The Pittsburgh doesn't even worry about us. But we, we the Browns specifically do kind of have that moniker in the NFL kind of realm because of that Steeler rivalry, and they've won six. But you know what's crazy is if you go back and count NFL championships – and Super Bowls combined, we still have more. We have seven NFL championships. And I think it's and so fucking ridiculous that they don't count NFL championships because the Green Bay Packers are the Yankees of football. Oh, yeah. And they've, they've won in all eras. They had a rough – the 70s and 80s were rough for them. All right? When the Lynn Dickey yeah. years. But even then, they had James Lofton. You know, at one point, they had James, James Lofton and John Jefferson. That's crazy. And they had nobody to throw nope. the ball to. One of the worst moves a player ever made. John Jefferson said he went from the San Diego Chargers, Air Coriel, with Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts, and he signed for more money to play in frozen fucking Green Bay. It wasn't Lynn Dickey at that point. I forget who. But it was, was before, it the Magic no, Man? No, it was before the Magic Man. Whoever the fuck they had in between there, they just, they just went through a bad period. Yeah. And um, he said, he said, if I stayed in San Diego... Uh, Jerry Rice would be breaking all my records, and I'm telling you, no he wasn't lying. No, no doubt. He yeah. was he was unreal. Him and I remember Wes Chandler. Oh, Wes Chandler. Wes Chandler in that strike year where the really? Redskins won it, he fucking uh, he still had over a thousand yards. That's how much they were throwing it. Really, those guys only played like twelve games, didn't they? Less than that, dude. They played like eight or nine. Eight or nine. The the the. the... I want to say the Redskins were like eight and one that year. Yeah, because the Scrubs played like four of them, right, or the, whatever they called them. Oh, is that that year? The the scabs. The scabs. Yeah. That guy well, was he, telling he, you about yesterday. something that, that I, I find fascinating. It's just how, like, certain teams just they, – they get new coaches, they get new owners, and blah, blah, blah. But they just still – there's this thing where they just – like, the Giants will always just have a great defense. The Bears always have a good defense. But they for the life of them, the Bears have never had a superstar quarterback ever. Even Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon was a personality. He was he like was. The, he was like the, he was down, leader, the downtown than, Julie yeah. Brown of quarterbacks, right? Like more like, like a socialite, yeah. I would put him. He couldn't jump. You <laughs> I couldn't, know people. He couldn't carry you on his back in the fourth quarter like an Elway or a Montana. Yeah. He wasn't that kind of a guy. Not a, they've never had that. Cleveland. Otto Graham maybe was your last superstar? Well, Bernie was tough, man. I oh, mean, Bernie Kosar? Bernie okay. was yep. good. I mean, yep. But, yeah, really, I mean, we had a, Fra- Frank Ryan. A lot of people forget Brian Frank Sipe. Ryan. Brian Sipe. People forget Frank Ryan. Brian Sipe won an MVP in 81, almost won it again in 82. Um, Frank Ryan was great. Frank Ryan, I believe, has Dude, the Brian greatest. Brian Sipe, Rick Springfield, same guy? <laughs> I'm telling you. Same guy? When in my head, when That's I think hilarious. of him. Uh, but Frank Ryan, though, a lot of people don't realize, I think Frank Ryan has the greatest winning percentage of any starting quarterback in the history of the NFL. He came after Otto Graham, but he was winning. Paul Brown, they were still winning titles, like just winning titles left and right all the time. I, and I you had Bill Belichick for one year. Last time we won a playoff game, the last time we yeah, won a playoff game, we, we beat the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick was our coach. Yep. And the last time, 94, I was at that game. Wild card game in Cleveland Stadium. The last time we have won a playoff, we beat. We hey, who do you like? Uh, who do you like? Uh, what do you think, Peyton Manning, Wes Welker? I love two, that matchup. Two wily veterans. That's I like Stabler that. Blitnikoff. I think we're going to see a, like a forty-five thirty-eight or Thursday night. You I think, think so? Yeah, Flacco. They can put. Dude, Baltimore's going to put up some points this year. They're going to have to because that defense ain't going to be as good as it used to be. We're going to see a ball game. Yeah, but is Flacco Thursday that night. good? Flacco's that good. You think he can put up numbers yep. like that? I'm not yep. saying he's not a good quarterback because I think he's a, he's a good quarterback. I didn't believe in him forever, and I was wrong. That playoff run, man. I but, think that playoff run that, showed it. But is he like 
he's going to go fucking touchdown for touchdown against Manning? Well, I mean, maybe not all season long, but in this game. You know what's funny about Manning is like everybody was looking at him like he was a little fragile China doll, and now now that he made the season, nobody's even thinking about yeah. it. Like he he one hit, they were showing his spinal cord. This guy could never walk again, and now nobody's nobody's talking about it. it, it longest, some, some of them are predicting him to win the MVP award this year. Longest neck since uh, Merton Steve Hanks. Grogan. Merton Merton Hanks. Hanks is another Merton good one. Hanks, Steve Grogan too. Steve Grogan had to wear like two neck braces just to pile them up. Yeah. Well, they have they have all that flesh between the shoulder pad and the helmet. Yeah, like two or three of them just stacked um, on top of each other. We'll see. Yeah, I think they're gonna have. A, they're gonna. Oh, this is my my prediction on uh, uh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's gonna get cut, and he's gonna go to the CFL. He's gonna become a superstar up there, like Doug Flutie did, and he's gonna come back the end of his career either with Buffalo or with the Bears. Really? That's my prediction. You think he's going to the CFL? CFL, yes, sir. You heard it here tonight. Um, Monday morning podcast. Yeah, he'll be able to. He'll be able to run around because like it, it's a, that feels like a hundred yards in both directions, right? Or meters, whatever the fuck they say. It's a hundred and ten long, and I think sixty wide. See, see what I'm saying? Just when you guys thought I was a sports fan, this is why I, I go to him. He he fucking knows everything. All right, need to stop being a nervous cunt. Billy Redface, love the podcast. Uh, as soon as I have a need for any of the services that are advertised in your show, I'll make sure I go there. So, okay, thank you. Um, this may not rake. Jesus, get to the fucking point. I'm dying a slow death working a day job that isn't fun anymore. The money's great. I'm 32 and make a mid six figure salary. But like you, I'm not really motivated by more money. I would much rather. Okay. I dream on a daily basis. He wrote that all in capital letters about doing comedy full time. All right, Jay, this guy's making mid six figures. He's 32 years I'll old. I'll trade you. <laughs> you can have I – got, I got 45 minutes. You can take it right now. Give me the mid six figures. I'm gone. Uh, Stand-up, improv, sketch, performing, writing, producing. I'd love to do it all. I'd love to do it all all the time. But the flip side of not being motivated by more money is being motivated by the fear of not having enough. See, I'm a nervous cunt, as you would say. Uh, well, dude, once you're making mid six figures and you're 32 years old, you're not nervous. You're you're also kind of rational, okay? You you like that's why you you try and start as young as you can because you're stepping off a curb rather than a fucking three story building at this point that you own and have tenants in. Um, I didn't start till I was 31. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And what's his face retired. Um, Dangerfield, and he came back. I'm not discouraging the guy. I'm just saying that he's not. But I wasn't making <laughs> six figures. I don't think I would have j- jumped off the curve for that. Right. Man. But he, he's look. He, he's he, he's not nervous. Is what I'm saying. He's thinking rationally. So, anyways, he goes. See, I'm I'm a nervous cunt, as you would say, with the New Jersey mortgage, aka the land of high taxes, bills, and a three year old daughter. I can't bring myself to cut and run from the corporate country I work in. My wife and I have no debt other than the mortgage. Dude, that's great. That's great, man. And we generally live below our income level. That's also great. Those mm-hmm. are two things you need to do. Which people don't do anymore in this yeah, country. You really need to do that, man. Uh, but I don't think we live at or below the income that we'd have if I stopped killing myself on a daily basis by commuting to a fucking computer instead of commuting to a couch with a laptop and a giant cup of coffee just to work on comedy ship. I love shit. I love how he's he's romanticizing being a comedian. Yeah. Although he's kind of right. Um it's more coming out in your pajamas with a hangover, trying to figure out how to get that exactly. fucking whatever you picked up that night out of your hotel room. 
and then going downstairs and having a greasy breakfast to fucking, I don't know. Anyways, I have no frame of reference to know how much money could be made or how long it would take to make it. And I'm scared shitless that I don't have the talent or the balls or both to actually get paid to make people laugh. In spite of believing in... Blah, blah, blah. All right, my friends tell me to practice, practice the comedy shit. Dude, I can get right to the end of this. All right, this is what you got to do. You do both. Don't quit your fucking job. This is what you do. Write five minutes of material and go sign up for an open mic and try stand-up comedy. Okay? That way, if you go up and you eat your fucking balls and you hated it and it was humiliating and you don't ever want to do it again, you're not going to be sitting at your cubicle going, what if? You're going to be like, no, I tried it. I, I, I bombed and I didn't like it. Now, if you go down there and you go up and even if you bomb but you still like it, you know, which is a major fucking sign. If you bomb and you still like, I want to come back, then just keep coming back mm -hmm. and keep doing that and just balancing it out. And I, but I, you need to have a major talk with your wife and just say, listen, this is going to kill me if I never try this. I, but I promise to you, I promise you that there's going to be no letdown me as a husband or a father here. Um, but there will be, you know, a couple of nights a month at first. Just to see. I just have to know. Okay? And um, then if she goes, well, you're making mid-six figures and blah, 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 blah. That's when you start pointing out all the morons that you listen to on podcasts that are making fucking money in this business. Okay? And I'm telling you, dude, if I can do it, anybody can fucking find a place. Um, well, not anybody. You know what I mean. If you have any sort of fucking talent, you can do it. Jay, I've watched there, you. I've there is watched one thing you. I'd watched... like to say real quick before you say that, because he's mentioned money a couple times. Like He's like, I, and then I don't know. I don't have any frame of reference of right. how much money I could make if I could make any or da-da-da-da-da. Right. The one thing is you can't – I don't think you can worry about that going into it because – you know, you see right. them every day in the clubs in, in L.A. And, and everywhere else. Within five or seven years, you could be a millionaire. And then you yep. know what? Five or seven years after that, nobody wants to work you. I mean, because it's a it's a it's but a that, but then that, and that, different... and that, but that all goes down to what he was talking about. And it goes, goes all down to that living within your means, paying down your house, not carrying sure. credit card debt. Like, dude, I, I, these fucking people. Doesn't like, mean like, that you, you could be smart me? doing you know that and then me? still not there's people, make a dime there's, five there's, years after you were making a million. You know what I mean? In right. this business. And, in this business. But there's people in the NFL, in the NBA, and in show business with their own TV shows living paycheck to paycheck sure. because they're doing the exact same fucking thing that you do just at a much grander scale. And everybody goes, how the fuck could you fuck that up? And, you know, most people saying that are doing it at their, le at their level. Now – it's look if you if you're not making any fucking money, I get living paycheck to paycheck. But if you know you don't need that extra pair of sneakers, you don't need another flat screen TV. You don't even need a fucking TV. There's ways you got to get out in front of it. Yeah. If if when you're young, you got to start building up a fucking nest egg, and you got to get on the internet, read some books, figure out how fucking evil the game is, so you at least know how it's played, so you can like. Take on as little water yeah. as you can, and you can fucking stay afloat because, because you know, there's a lot of people want to do other things, and they they just got a ball and chain yeah. around their fucking neck, and it, financially, and they they just got themselves in this thing. So if you're in that situation, just immediately start fucking, dude. I, I would have a yard sale and just start selling shit, downsizing my life, and if I had to take two years off from fucking 
living the, the American dream and just paying myself down and getting out of that fucking debt, I would do it and I would start over again because that shit will fucking keep right. you up at night. So, and I mean, this guy talks like he's like, you know, he is good with his money and everything. But, but what I'm saying is like, just be aware of the, the idea of the money of it isn't why, because making mid six figures and what he's doing, 95% of the times, you can't go backwards. Usually, well, probably what he does for a living, at, once he hits 150 a year, the next step is 165 to 200 a year. That's not the formula in stand-up comedy. You can make 150 two, right. three years in a row, and guess what? By year four, you're making 45. No, but this is the great thing about stand-up comedy, though. Is, or you can make $2 million. No, but what's, what's great about stand-up comedy, though, is you're never unemployed. True. You're never unemployed. You're never employed. Unless, <laughs> no, but unless you, you want to uh, – unless your ego gets in the way. Where, like, say, you know, you were selling, selling out clubs, you know – so you're just coming in doing Thursday through Saturday. I'm not doing the Sunday show. If it starts to taper off and they want you to do the Sunday show and you refuse to do it, you start doing that shit rather than being like, I got to get it going again. Then, then you can get yourself in fucking trouble. But like, um, you know, I don't know how actors do it. I don't know how musicians do it. That shit's fucking hard. But being a stand-up comic, once you start, you know, you've established yourself, you've made a name for yourself. If you never take your foot off the gas pedal and you just keep pushing yourself and you keep doing that, like, you, you you can have the closest thing to job security. But yeah. even in his world, dude, like they could downsize. They sure. could fucking kick yeah. him out. And no then, he, then he's at that weird age. So, dude, this is my advice. Don't quit your job, but I would definitely just start doing it. And there's nothing wrong if you always keep your job and you just do stand-up because you like doing it. Or you start a sketch group with your friends and just have fun. Um, and don't listen to any other comedians who are saying, like, you're taking my stage time. It isn't their stage time. All right, it's an art. It doesn't belong to anybody. It it's supposed to make you happy and other people happy when you do it. So that that's what I would do. All right. So good luck to you, sir. You're not a nervous cunt. Okay, <laughs> you're a fucking normal human being. Stop being hard on yourself. So there you go. There's the podcast for this week. Um, like I mentioned, uh, me and Jason Lawhead, we're going to be at the Boulder Theater in uh, Boulder. I believe that's the name of it. I can't even wait to say that word when I get there. Isn't that the great? That's like a voiceover's dream. Is Boulder? That yeah. can go from like a that beer a commercial. Name. All the way to like a murder mystery show, like in that quiet town of Boulder, right. it was murder. <laughs> or you could be like, you know, when we were the terrible. Rockies of cold water, Boulder. You know, like you ever watch that? You ever watch that shit when they'd sit there and? Uh, I love those murder mystery shows. Yeah, and they sit I love there, that. and that guy just goes. You know, just be like, you know, I want to do that. It was a quiet town. That's my dream People job. The gazebo. <laughs> yeah. That's they my had Fourth of July. Yeah. But the underbelly. Oh, I want to do that every day. Blah, blah, blah. That's all you do. But on you, that quiet yeah. night, the town turned to murder. You know, yeah. I love that stuff, dude. This wasn't supposed to happen in this town. <laughs> a town where they keep the doors unlocked at night. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you, know <laughs> <laughs> you knew your neighbor. People sat on porches drinking mint ah, julep. Yeah. Boulder's the perfect name for... Oh, that's a voiceover right, dream. Boulder, Colorado, September 4th. Pikes Peak Center, Colorado Springs on the 6th. Look for me and Jason. We're, uh, we're going to be looking for a tailgate. If you guys have any information, if you, guys, if you throw it down and you do it right... And you got some extra brisket or something. Uh, and I'll be cheering for the Broncos because all the years I cheered against them when they were playing the actual Browns. Now they're playing the old Browns who are in my division. And I'm, I will, I will definitely be cheering for the Broncos because I've been so mean to Peyton Manning over the years. And now you get that thing where you're getting sentimental because he's in the final yeah. third. 
And then you, you, you don't. That's like Doctor J. I didn't hate him as much. Magic. Yeah. Same with me with Michael. Jeter. I hated Jordan because he killed us. And yeah. then as he got older, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna miss that guy. Yeah, I miss great. seeing that guy. Yeah. So the Peyton that Manning never thing. with LeBron, but I miss. Um, dude, if LeBron, they talk about LeBron. Go, he ain't coming back to Cleveland. No, going to the Lakers. Oh, I know. it's a joke over. Dude, there. if if, the, if he goes to the Lakers and that championship is celebrated, then podcast. you know what I want. You know what? You know what they should do? They should literally have like. The pregame for that should literally be like eighth graders playing first graders in tackle football. And then doing long fucking interviews with the eighth graders when they won, talking about coming together as a team and all that type of shit. I'm telling you, dude, like. Who go to the Lakers when wear some stupid number like 49 or something? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just like, it'll be just the worst. It's what sports is becoming. And you know what? I saw some moron who was trying to say that pylon teams are not a new thing. It was so dumb. He, like, he's trying to sit there saying, like, talking about, like, those Laker teams in the 80s and the Celtics. He's like, dude, those teams were built. Built? Yeah, through trades and through drafts. Tra- tra- it wasn't like Magic and James Worthy sat on a yacht during the offseason going, hey, man, wouldn't it be no. great if we all played in the same team? Fucking moron. The guy had, this guy had the top ten sports myths, and it, he tried to say that that was his – but pylon teams were a sports myth. It wasn't. And go back and look at the teams that didn't win it in those eras th- that were built. The, I, I watched the NBA well, he, Hardwood no. Classics a couple weeks ago. They had the 1985 right. All-Star game on. Right. The Milwaukee Bucks had four guys on the Eastern All-Stars. They Sydney won seven straight, seven straight 50-win seasons, all built through the draft and trades. And this is what the guy was saying, though. His justification that they were pylon teams, despite the fact nobody piled on was that in the in the eighties, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Pistons were the only ones who won championships. Everybody else was without. And he goes, so it was it was good for the league, and that's and it's complete bullshit. Because what they didn't realize was that despite the fact that the Bucks never came through, they had Sidney Moncrief, Jack uh, Sigma, Terry Jack, Cummings, Jack Sigma, Paul Pressy. Well, Jack Sigmund was on the, was on the, uh, the Sonics, Sonics before, right, but no, he right. came to the Bucks in the mid '80s. Sonics, he was in, uh, he was, uh, uh, um, he came to the Bucks back then. Back then, you had you had blockbuster trades, yeah. like when Moses Malone went to the Sixers. There, there would be an occasion, or where Kareem went to the Lakers, but there wasn't like like what happened in Boston, where just overnight dude, we went from the worst team in the league to winning the championship, and we, we fucking go. We got Kevin Garnett for nothing from Kevin McHale. That should have been investigated the same way the way the Lakers got uh, uh, Pau Gasol. And Jerry joke. Jerry West was was with fucking uh, was that who it was was with the fucking um, yeah uh, Grizzlies uh, Grizzlies yeah like both those trades were complete behind enemy lines bullshit. And then we got Ray, Ray Allen. That's why I wasn't upset when when Ray went to Miami. I was like, well, dude, that's how we got him. He wasn't ours. He wasn't a Celtic. He. Be- I, I still look at him like he's one of the great, the greats that played for the organization. But it, it's it's a different thing, where he was like you become like a mercenary. Like they just they're bringing you in. A couple weeks ago, LeBron had the, there was this big news that he. Tweeted. This is going to add another hour to the podcast. <sighs> oh, I'll, just, I'll end with this. A couple weeks ago, LeBron had this big news where he tweeted out his top three players of all times. Some big publication tweeted at him like, "Hey, LeBron, you've never talked about this." So everybody's right. like on the edge of their seat. What's his big three? So he named. And I'm not going to be mad at the list in a, in a way because it's hard. It's so subjective. Three players really. He said Larry Bird, which I thought that was pretty cool. Bird's the greatest small forward in the history of the game. I don't know if I'd put him on the greatest three. 
three list. Uh, he said uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's great. That's easy. And Dr. J. I love Dr. J. That's great. Uh, maybe that's he's not. But how do you? I tweet back to him. I go, really? Can you, how do you leave Kareem off the list? I go, the guy won six titles, one of which in Milwaukee to boot. I go, right. that's kind of like a guy winning one in Cleveland. Oof. <laughs> wow. That'd be like if somebody won one in Cleveland is what I said. I said he won one in Milwaukee to boot. How many have they won since? That'd be like somebody winning one in Cleveland. That's what I tweeted at him. Jesus Christ. Very clever way of saying well, thanks yeah, for leaving. Thanks for leaving, content. buddy. <laughs> exactly. So well, I, 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 but I, I like Dr. J. Because, I love Doc. Because this is why. Because the big thing with me is changing the game. Yes. And like, That's fine. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm not mad at his list. I'm just so, saying how do you leave Kareem off? Kareem changed. Well, what, 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 yeah, well, that's they, the they, thing. They, they outlawed the I, dunk if in I only college had basketball three. because of Kareem. If I only had three, I would have to pick three guys who changed the game. So it would be Jordan. It would be Dr. J. And then I would have to be somebody else that I, I, I'm not aware of from the 60s. Like uh, Russell. I mean, I mean, you get, Oscar, you know. Was it Oscar Robinson who scored all the points? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Oscar was great. I mean, people don't realize how great Bob Pettit was. I mean, Bob Pettit was a... a I know yeah. that there's somebody from that era because that's that's one of those things with, like, stand-up where you had, like, like what Lenny Bruce did. took it to, First of all, you had the vaudeville guys, whoever the first guys to do that. Then you have what Lenny Bruce did. Then you had what Pryor did. And what Pryor did, I feel, is like what Jordan did. Where there's just some guys, they, their genius is at such a level that it's you, it's, you can't surpass it. Yeah. It's they almost take it to the end. I would say like James Brown, James Brown, the the music that he made. There's been a zillion funk bands after him, but nobody ever took it to another level. Changed the game. Yeah, never. never and I did. still think Jabbar. I don't know how you can leave Jabbar off any list. He changed the game. He changed it. He 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 won six titles. Magic never won one without how did, him. How, now, oldest oldest player ever to win. Game? How did he change the he game? He changed though? the game by well, first off, they outlawed dunking, right? But they because did that with Will Chamberlain because in the NBA, him. too, though. No, because of uh, – they. well, they, here's how he changed the game. Both ends of the floor, he was Russell. Russell couldn't do what Jabbar did on the offensive end. You can say Wilt Chamberlain, yeah, he was dominant, but because they moved Jabbar away from the basket, Chamberlain couldn't do anything away from the basket. Jabbar developed the sky hook from 20 feet out, and he was, he was Russell on both ends of the court. And – Russell couldn't play offensively like Jabbar could. It's not even close. Jabbar, the fact that he won oldest man ever to win a Finals MVP award. The guy won the NBA. He won the NBA Finals MVP at 38. I mean, come on, man. In a young hey, man's dude, I'm not arguing with you. I just like hearing, like, seriously, dude. He's like, the you got what's what's the name of your podcast, by the Lawheads way? Lawheads Court. Yeah, if you want to listen to a guy sports who really podcast. knows sports, got, as opposed to me being, I some got loud Brady mouth. Anderson calling in tomorrow. Former Oriole. Brady Anderson, first guy, first uh, guy to hit fifty. So it should be an interesting uh, uh, conversation. I met Brady at the Hollywood Improv a few weeks ago. Got him in. Oh, that's great, dude. He got, you remember, you know, Dan Godfrey from uh, Irvine Improv. Yeah. Dan, big Orioles oh, yeah, fan. Yeah. So I'm I'm du I'm ducking in there a couple weeks ago because I hear Tells in town. So I was over at the store. So I duck in. I wanted to see David Tells set. Well, the place is packed. Quick story. There's a line, and you know the door guy I know works at Improv. I'm just squeezing by, going like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the bar and try to peek my head in to see a tell." And there's this girl like arguing with the door guy. She's like, "But my friends are in there." He's like, "I can't let you in. It's it's full." And she's like, "But my friends are." And I look over as I'm like squeaking by. I look, and she's with Brady Anderson. I can pick out an athlete. He right. He, he ended his career as an Indian, and I met him in Cleveland one time, just down in the flats after a game. He was a cool guy. So what'd you do? 
So I was like, so she's arguing. So I was just like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, hey, good. I go, hey, man, I'm a fan. I'm from Cleveland, actually. He's like, oh, cool, man, Brady. I'm like, Jason. He's like, he's like, and then she goes, she sees it. She's like, do you know anybody here? I'm like, well, I'm a comic, but I'm not working tonight. She's like, can you help us get in? I'm like, huh. I don't know, and I just Dan Godfrey is now the like uh, district manager. Somebody's right. he's never so. Did you get you get him in. Yeah, so I, I just, just got to end the podcast boom, yeah. too. I'm like you Dan. got him in. Got him in. He gave, gives me his phone number. He's like, anytime you want tickets, thanks for getting me in, dude. He gives me his phone number. He's like, come to Baltimore. So when when can they hear him? When can they hear him on the podcast? They'll be hearing him this Thursday. The podcast will drop. I'm interviewing him tomorrow via phone. It'll be this Thursday. Brady Anderson, man. All right, on Lawheads Court, look for it. Jason Law. Everybody got to go Ro- check that pork shoulder. Rose Bowl tailgate legend. Jay Lawhead just tripped over a box. There goes the legend part. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Have a happy Labor Day. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.